I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Episode 121 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace with Ron Grimaldi after a fucking <laughs> mission of fucking traffic to get here. What's up, brother? What's going on, my man? It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. We've been trying to get this together for a while now. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute, but schedules and shit like that. Real How life you... got in the way. Of course, man. Well, this is just for fun, and whenever it happens, it happens, but I do try to make it my business to make it more convenient for people. And no, I appreciate that, because yeah. I drive, and you came to me. Well, kind of to me. I mean, we're at a remote, like, remote unknown location. Yes, undisclosed location. Somewhere out on Long Island. Yeah. Yeah, about two hours to get here from Brooklyn. Somewhere in Death Page. Death Page, is that what they call it? That's what I called it. All right. So I've been slowly dying here since the day I was born. Nice. And so, all my friends. See, I'm not too familiar with Long Island. Like, i really not. Like, I, I never really came out to shows in Long Island. I have... I have one of my best friends lives in Comac, but he's originally... I don't even know. Is Comac even close That's like to 30 minutes out from here. Further out? Further out, yeah. He's way out. Okay. So, yeah, I have a friend over there. I did a couple episodes with the rapper Diabolic, who's in Huntington yeah, Station. Yeah. I don't know how far that is. So, Long Island... That's about 15, 20 minutes. Is it, see, I don't know, North Shore, South Shore. I don't know nothing about <laughs> Long Island, so I just rely like, on my GPS. At, you're, in the, you're at the end of Nassau, about to go into Suffolk, and you're in this some boring-ass... Working class, middle class, white neighborhood. Okay. Generic people. Generic, yeah. With Milk me toast, being fucking... the exception of that. Yeah, you probably stick out a little bit <laughs> oh, over here. Oh, God. <laughs> Since I was 13 to the second. You have no idea, That's dude. That's fucking awesome. I'm like an alien here. Uh-huh. Fuck, man. Truly. So where do you even want to begin? You want to go back to Roots? Because like, I came in and you have Twisted Sister playing. Yeah, we might as well talk music first. Yeah, right? we talk fucking we'll fall down the rabbit hole of, uh, of whatever. life. Yeah, yeah. There's, also, there's other things I want to ask you about, too, which I find fucking fascinating. No and I, problem. And, and I, I definitely want to get into certain shit. No doubt. Yeah. So you're Roots. Like, you born and raised on Long Island? Yes. This, uh, in Bethpage, actually. Do I dare say a Long Island hardcore legend? Ah. Uh, God. <laughs> That's a bit much. I can't do shit like that. Is it? <laughs> I mean, I'm a lifer. I'm a legend. Right. I'll, I'll deal with a long I'm a hardcore lifer. Okay. That'll take. All right. There you go. You know. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I put people on the spot, they're like, I don't know about all that. Because, you know, it's fucking weird. It, it is weird. It's weird, you know? It is. I mean, there's people that are unquestionably legends. Like, you know, Jimmy Gestapo. And right. Stigma. Like... They're New York hardcore legends. Right. You're a New York you're I'm like a Long Island hardcore staple. Yeah, that's way more comfortable for me. There you go. You know, I just yeah. feel it's more like level and yeah, down I'm to just earth. a cockroach that so won't go away. <laughs> more than like a legend. Right. I'm infamous, I guess. I can deal with that. Okay. A little infamous. It's been around a couple years. Yeah, I mean hardcore wise, we'll get into hardcore once we start talking music, but I mean I've been yeah. hardcore forever, you know. Well, I, like I said, I just came here, and you have Twisted Sister playing on the radio. I don't know if you can, people can hear it, but it's really low. But Under the fun. Blade, they're first and best. Right. When they were still playing street music. Playing out here like crazy. Well, that, yeah, they were like... I mean, I started... My cousin, who actually grew up in this right here, 
She uh, she turned me on to like the Beatles. And the Doors. I still love the Beatles. Oh, they changed my life. Yeah, and I still listen to them all the time. And I mean, it's almost it's emotional for me to listen to the Beatles sometimes. Oh, sure. It takes me back to like a real different time and place. Yeah. Where you know life was this innocent. That music means more to me now. I listen to it less, be, but just because it's been 40 years since I started listening to oh, it. Oh, sure. It means just as much, and it, it's deeper to me now. Sure. You know? Because it's yeah. like I was just 10 when I... Yeah. And I was like, oh, these songs are great. Yeah. You know? I do remember John Lennon getting killed. That fucked me up. I was too young. Yeah. I, I was too young. I remember that. That was fucked up. Matter of fact, when he... My cousin's favorite band, the one who got me into the Beatles, and she got me into Zeppelin, which was like my favorite band after the Beatles. Um, she called like the same minute. I had Monday Night Football on, and my sister had the radio on in the next room, and then my cousin called all within a minute. You know, it was pre-internet, pre-cell phone, pre-everything. Yeah. It's fucking 1980. Sure. When, it, when did What's-His-Face get killed? When did Lennon get killed? December 8th, I think, 1980. All right, so I was only five. Okay. Yeah. I had probably, I was 10 or 11. Okay. So, you know, I was like the first, and I was just like in shock. Because it was the first music, it was the first band I loved, and they were still my, they were like my only. Yeah. Probably like five bands back then. Sure. You know? Yeah, all the classic so, rock stuff. Yeah. It was really nothing I, I was else. just, that's, I wasn't a, I wasn't a metal kid yet, you know? No. I, I mean, what just, metal was really out in 1980? I mean, it was like, I was just finding ACDC and Black Sabbath and Kiss and all that. Sure. It was more around me than I was fully into it yet. But like, you know, I hung out with all the kids and but uh, you know, so when he died it just blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, man. That was heavy, you know? That was really heavy. But uh so I went from that stuff Sabbath's what changed everything. Cause Sabbath changed, changed a lot for uh, it changed things for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean they're the gateway to everything that we all listen to. Oh, what the hands down. I mean, they're the blueprint. Sure. And and more than that, I was starting to become like, in my mind, I looked like the same kind of semi-nerdy kid, but in my brain, I was getting darker and angrier. And that music had that. Sure. It was heavier. It was darker. It was, you know. Dude, the first time I heard Black Sabbath, the song. Oh, it it's fucking frightening. It's like a horror movie, but it's, the music. It's fucking frightening. Yeah, completely. You still listen to it. It's still like, yo, it, man. It has an eeriness to it. Big time. You know, you can play the most brutal death metal shit in the world, it's like black a, metal. Yeah. But there's an aura and a vibe. Take that song for instance. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it takes you like... <laughs> it's, it's fucking nuts. So that was like... And that was the that was the first record I ever bought was Master Reality Sabbath. So like, that was where I got like... Just dove really into metal. But then it was this Priest and ACDC and Kiss. Then I found Maiden. Right when Number of the Beast came out. My best friend brought over Number of the Beast. And then... So I was listening to all that kind of metal... And then in 1983, right when Thrash was starting, that's when I fell down the rabbit hole of, like, Merciful Fate. The end of 83 is, like, the first Slayer album, Show No Mercy. I was listening to Venom and Motorhead. Yeah. And, you know, then you're not listening, like, the 30 dudes I hung out with who just, like, wore denim jackets and listened to Priest and Sabbath all day. Like, I love that stuff to this minute. Sure. But, but I was leaving them, and I was going further. You were going, and then deeper you just keep darker. going further. You know, yeah. It's like so. I was into I was into that. Then I'm writing 
then I'm buying demos from bands. I'm like writing to bands like Destruction and fucking everybody. I'm writing everyone all around the world trying to get demo tapes, not just buying like debut records. Yeah. And I'm so deep into it. And then at the end of 84, I went to high school. There were only like two real punks in my high school. And um, one of them is in that band Winter. They're like a okay. underground legendary band. Okay. Um, him and his best friend, my friend Mike, they were like punk dudes that didn't like metal. I was like a metal dude who didn't really know punk. Right. And we ran into each other in school one day. And we were freaks, obviously. So we kind of, you find each other when you're freaks. We, we stuck out. Sure. And they were like, oh, I don't like metal. I'm like, ah, oh, you don't know good metal. They're like, what about punk? I'm like, oh, I don't know shit about punk, really. Right. So we made each other a tape. I made them a tape with the first Sodom record, Venom, Hellhammer. Haunting a Chapel just came out. So I put a Slayer. I put a Voivod. Just like, you know what I was really into at the, that moment. Yeah. And they taped me Reagan Youth, Discharge, a couple of classics like Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, Ramones. Right. And, uh, and a few other things like that. And we, you know, the next week we found each other in school and we just like turned each other's worlds upside down. Yeah. It's like, what is this shit? Yeah, it's crazy. And that was it, you know? Then it was like, then I was so deep on like in the metal world and in the hardcore punk stuff. I was just, you know. Yeah. And it was, it was overwhelming. It's like, you know, I made like $10 a week with a paper out and I'm buying Max and Rock and Roll. I'm buying sure. Metal Forces. I'm buying Flipside. I'm buying. Kick-ass monthly. I'm buying all these underground metal and hardcore and punk scenes. And there's like a hundred bands I want to hear, but I've got enough money for one. Right. I'm like, oh. Did you do the whole tape trade? The, like, like the whole... I right, did I'm, I'm going to put four dollars, four singles, wrap it in a piece <laughs> of paper, put 19 stamps, and send it off to Poland. Well, like, totally. some weird I, fucking band. The first thing I did... I did that. I, yeah. I, the first thing I did was I was buying demos direct from bands. I'd read about bands and like... Maximum Rock and Roll or Metal Forces, and I'd just buy demos direct from bands. Sure. Then once I had like 20 or 30 demos, I ran into a couple other people that were like me from other towns. Like out here, you meet people at like malls and shit. You go to like a game room, it's filled with dirtbags. Yeah. There's always one dude who's a punk dude or an underground metal dude, <laughs> and you'd link up. Yeah. And then, and then like, so I had like this dude I used to trade tapes with from two towns over, and he had, he knew everything was going on the West Coast, so he would take me like live shows from the West Coast and like, the crazy shit. He have like Slayer rehearsals before like Hell Awaits was out. The songs would be instrumental. Really? Yeah, and I knew people. Do you still have any of that shit? I have, I have all of it. Oh, that's I, cool. That's fucking ton, I'm like, I'm a technophobe idiot. Right. But I have tapes that are crazy, you know? And I even go on YouTube and I'm like, man, three crazy tapes still on on YouTube. Right. Because it's like, people that didn't bother or they just got lost to time. They got lost. Depending what it is. Yeah, sure. Depending what it is, you know? So, um, yeah, so I had... So I was just so deep into it. And, um, and, you know, but when you get into that stuff and you're here and you're not old enough to go to clubs yet because you're still 14 or 15, sure. you don't even have an ID. Right. Like, I'm not going to Lemoore yet. I'm not going right. to CDs. Right. I'm not even going to the Ritz. Right. Like, if anything, I'm going to, like, see Iron Maiden in, like, National 84 or 85 at the Coliseum. Yeah. And, you know, you, you find the one dude, like, you're like, oh, that guy's got a DRI shirt. Right. Like, oh, shit, that guy's got a fucking Slayer, you know, Hoying the Chapel shirt. Yeah. You're like instant friends. It's instant fucking bond. Yeah, because there's nobody from your planet, you yeah. know? And then yeah. you find them. There's a hundred dudes who look like you, kind of. Sure. There's a hundred dudes you get along with, but there's only like one or two who, if they looked at what you're listening to and where you're going, are going the same way. Yeah. You know, it's before Thrash got mainstream and stuff, and hardcore was so under the radar. Oh, this, yeah. And there was like no one in this town. The only dude from this town, but he, he was older than me, 
The guitarist the Ludacris went to my high school. Okay. But he was a senior when I was like a freshman, so I didn't really know him. Right. He was he, just there and you just knew of him. Yes. Well, he was very close friends with my, my first childhood friend, Andy. He's the roadie for Ludacris. And he lived three doors down. Gotcha. He owns that spot, Pumps. Do you know Pumps in Brooklyn? Strip Pumps? Pumps? No. Strip Pumps? He, he's... That's his spot. He roadied for Ludacris back in the day. So... I'd see, like, the guitarist of Ludacris come down my block every day. But I'm, like, 15 listening to their demo in my room. And I'd be like, oh, right. this is the guitarist. Right. It was like, I didn't know older people. Right. You know? It was like, I was still stuck. And then, then once I got old enough to go to shows, then it's a whole different world. Because right. then you're meeting the people, the three people from every town that are freaks all at these shows. Yeah. Here it was Sundance and Right Track In for, like, underground hardcore and metal shows. Brooklyn, I go to Lamore. Of course. City, I was going to Ritz. Sure. And a little later, I started going to Seabees. Yeah. And then, um... The same with me, pretty much. I mean, that's like the trail. That was Lamore's was first, because I'm a Brooklyn kid. Well, yeah, that's like hometown for you. It was hometown. There's so. no real clubs, like... I had no clubs that were very easy to get to. Right. So I had to wait till we got cars. And yeah, I never, yeah, you're I out still of here. It's not but like... my friends got a car, all got cars in, like, the beginning of 86. Like, we would even go to a fucking record store. Like, Slip Disc in Valley Stream was the spot for right. all hardcore punk and metal and underground stuff. We used to have to take three trains. Oh. It sounds like some 1800 shit. We used to have to take three trains and walk three miles just to get there. That's fucking nuts, dude. You know? And it's like... But you guys did it. We had to. Because you were on a mission. to find Victim and Pain or the Bathory album. Right. Like, no one else has this shit. <laughs> right. And, you know, so you go, and then it was like... <laughs> and, you know, then the one trick I learned from my friend... He's like, because I'm like, yo, there's so much shit. And he, he turned me on to this. He's like, yo, buy compilation albums. He's like, you get 15 bands at once for the same price. That's, yeah, he's got a point. And, and you know, back then, that, that you couldn't, you know, you read a paragraph about a band in some black and white fanzine, you're looking at one photo of them, and you're guessing what they fucking sound like. Right. It's ridiculous. It in is. today's world, it's like, yeah, it's the no one, in, yeah, absolutely. So, so I started buying comps, whether hardcore, metal, or punk, and I was like, then I hear 15 bands, and then my friends, other friends who know that, it's like, oh, if you like that band, then you're going to like these two bands. Sure. And then it just kind of feeds, and you kind of find your people. So I had, like, two guys who were into the underground thrash metal stuff, two guys who were full-on hardcore punk rock dudes, and then I had, you know, tons of, like, more traditional people like the regular stuff. Yeah. Like, maybe Metallica. Yeah, the, blah, the, blah, the, blah. yeah the regular. Or the dudes who just liked the Ramones and, like... Basic punk, Ramones, Sex Pistols, Ted right. Kennedys. Sure. But like, you know, I was like going from like one to a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. I dove in so deep. You know, I never pulled out. Right. Still in it today. Yeah. Like, <laughs> saved and ruined my life at the same time. <laughs> Yo, listen, I hear you. I mean, it definitely saved my life. I would have killed human beings without that outlet. Yeah. It was like, because, you know, I, it was fucking... I had my own little world, you know? Yeah. I couldn't relate to anyone. I wanted to kill everyone. Hated myself three quarters of the time. It's like, I would just go in a room and... And vibe out to a fucking... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When I was a psycho, like, satanic metal kid, I'm like, listen to, like, fucking... Venom and Merciful Fate, like, cutting myself with razor blades every day at 15, like a fucking psycho. <laughs> then I'm becoming, like, 16 and 17. I'm, I still love all that stuff, but my... My mind is getting more like hardcore punk rock. I'm getting, right. I'm evolving a little bit. Yes. I'm not just becoming like, I'm not just a dumb nihilistic teenager. Right. 
like going around breaking windows every night with my friends, uh, which I was doing. Of course. I think we all have a little bit. I hope so. It's not yet a boring life. Yeah. I mean, that's part of my path, you know? Yeah, throwing rocks at bosses like, while I drive by. I would even love to, but I can't. Yeah, so. what, is, yeah what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing? Like five minutes a day, you're like, fuck, that was fun. Yeah. But like now you have a moral code that you're like, that's totally right. wrong. Yeah you, have like, more, yeah, you have more to lose. I'm 50. What, yeah. what, what are you in here for? Ah, breaking windows. Yeah, windows. exactly. Yeah, what are you doing? But when I see my old friends, like we trigger each other. It's like sure. it's that button because that's all we know together. Yeah, it's like doing dumb shit, dumb running shit. from cops. And, yeah, you know. So I don't regret any of that stuff. Nah, it was fun shit when you were a stupid kid. Yeah, and of I'm course. glad I was a stupid kid because you know you don't even if you just come out of the womb with all the answers. Uh, I don't appreciate it. No, it's the trial and error of life. Absolutely. Which is also why I never did drugs and hardly ever drank. Is because. All my friends did, and I always felt like it was like escapism. I'm right. like, man, and I wasn't a tough guy, and I'm still not. But I like reality. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to dull reality. Right. That's why if I was in a, if I felt inside my head, I felt pain. I punched out walls. Right. I cut myself with razor blades. I was like, I'm a, I'm expressive, right. for lack of a better word. Right. So it's like, you know. But then I was like, this is a horrible way to feel mentally. Yeah. So then, you know, and through punk and hardcore, I feel like I found, aside from music that changed my life, I found like a, um, people I felt like I related to more. Right. My metal friends are just too simple. Okay. I mean, they're my boys still. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like pussy and beer and weed and sitting in the parking lot. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go see five bands play. I'm going to go meet people from... Brooklyn and Queens and yeah. New Jersey that I just met. Yeah. I'm going to not stare at the same... Oh, let's go out and meet girls and get yeah. pussy and numbers. Like, yeah. dude, like so, I was never that dude, no, ever. It's weak. And I and hated that shit. And if you're going to do it, expand. It's like, if you're going to sit in the same parking lot your whole life, it's like eating Burger King or McDonald's mm-hmm. your whole life. Mm-hmm. So I just, like, I grew out of that as, a, like, a way of life at the second I could. The second I was old enough and had enough money to afford taking a train or my friends finally got their driver's license it was kind of like let me see the real world and get out of this fucking boring ass matrix yeah of like you know I, I felt suffocated here right and uh and you know the people I became tight with were fringe people they right. were weird dude. I mean some of them were really fucked up <laughs> yeah I mean and you know a lot of them were dead <laughs> yeah, of course you I know, had a lot of dead friends myself yeah. but um but on the flip side they were all creative and they were interesting and they were individuals and they marched their own beat. Right. And there was a mutual respect. Sure. So it's like, yeah, some of them got too caught up in heroin. Right. Some of them, you know, went some really foul ways. Right. But, you know, we related because we wanted to get out of here. Yeah. And we related because we knew that this was like being, you know, it's like catching a bird in a shoebox being here. Yeah. It's like this thing wants to fly and you got a trap. That's how I felt here. I was right. like, I got to get the fuck now, yeah. in hindsight, I love living here and being around nature and getting away from the human race. Right. And, I, like, nature heals me and calms right. me. Yeah. Because I'm around people and just all that madness. I'm not good with it. Right. But then it was so boring here that I had to find real life and real culture and alternative living of every kind. I was like, yeah. I need it. You know, you get out of Penn Station, there's fucking drug acts and prostitutes and punk rock people. Just everyone's a fringe dude. Yeah. Artists and legit weirdos. Yeah. Not like now. That's just suit and tie, oh. commuters and... Yeah. Hustle, bustle, fucking nonsense. Yeah, just like, Consume. you know, they're just yeah. worker bees, you know? Yeah. They're just, you know, 
That's like hive mind. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I, you know, not that. But when the city was fun and raw and unpredictable, I wanted that. Right. And I was going there for like good reasons. I wasn't looking to die. I was looking to live. Yeah. And I felt like I was dying here. Yeah. So it was like, I kind of like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And yeah. that's, you know, then once you get into that and hardcore punk and underground metal, and then you meet just all different people instead of the same kind of people that you meet in the town you grew up at, the town I grew up in. Right. You know, it changes you. Absolutely. Yeah, I got exposed to different everything. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, so like... Yeah, it's like I was saying, like, like you know, like I said before, I came in and Twisted Sister was playing. I was like, well, I'm not mad at Twisted Sister. I fucking love them because... Oh, me too. Because them and Motley Crue were my gateway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, I, if I didn't have that babysitter I had and to, to turn me on to those two bands... Who the fuck knows? Like, I, yeah, I'm sure yeah. I probably would have found it, but I. But you found it at the right time. I found it at the right time. I was like, I don't know what when 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 did Shout at the Devil come out? Eighty three. Eighty three. So I was like eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Eight, nine. You know, like that. Because yeah. I don't know if it was brand new at the time, but right, maybe a little later. So maybe it was like a year that came out. New enough that she had the vinyl, the gatefold, and. I was like, holy shit. You know what totally. I mean? I mean, I grew up with, like, the classic rock shit in the house. Everything from, like, Queen to Joe Cocker and Zeppelin. Right, the, the stuff 70s like stuff. Right, and then and then I found that, and then that's what spawned me into going down that road. And, yeah. And just like you, it's like, well, maybe not to the extent or as quick, but I did the whole tape trading. Like, I didn't know if some fucking dude who's... Whose initials look like hieroglyphics over in fucking oh, Poland would yeah. send me what I was giving him my oh. my part of my allowance for? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My I need nine stamps. Yeah. Why? Because I need to <laughs> mail an envelope with cash to Poland yeah, for I a cassette write... tape. What are you doing? Yeah, listen. This is what 1984. I do. I'm like writing to Switzerland, sending like Celtic Frost twelve bucks in an envelope. Right. Be like, fuck! I need that Morbid Tail shirt. Right. And I'm like. I got burned a lot. Of course. They actually burned me. That's why I brought them up. Yeah. They burned Nice. But, um... I got burned a couple times, but then, like, I would forget. And then, like, two, three weeks later, I had this big-ass envelope stuffed in the the fucking mailbox. Yo, coming home from school and finding, like, a record or a demo tape, I'd be like, oh, my God. Same here. I would go in, I would go into my room, and there'd be, like, a package on my, my little dresser. I'm like, oh, shit. It was, like, fucking Christmas time. It was fucking great. Exactly. And then I got obsessed with that because it was, like... I mean, I, w- I didn't get bored with stuff. It's not like I heard Iron Maiden, and then I heard Merciful Fate, and then I heard Slayer, and then I heard Hellhammer, and I got bored with Slayer and Maiden and backwards. I loved it all. I retained it all. I didn't I didn't grow out of it. I didn't come past it. When I got right. to hardcore, I was like, the only guy who didn't shave his head. Right. You know. No I, tattoos? No ink. No, no, no ink. No ink. I didn't do it. I didn't. It's kind of like no frills. I dressed kind of a, more punk than metal. Kind of an offshoot of both, so my clothes maybe changed a bit. You know, I was, I went combat boots. Fucking, right. I looked punk rock, but I had long hair. Right. And shirts. I mean, whatever I grabbed that day, it could be Exodus, it yeah. could be Crass. Yeah. It didn't matter. Whatever. Didn't matter. Whatever. This is. I'm all of this shit. Right. You know. So yeah. it's like. But um. So when I was going to um. So like I was changing mentally, but musically I didn't go past it, and and I lost respect because. A lot of the metal dudes I grew up with were thrash dudes. Slayer, Exodus, all that stuff. All the same shit. Violence. Yeah, yeah Testament, all that stuff. Yeah. I still love all that shit. Fuck yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'm going to violence in November. Yeah, Bizarre. With a, with I got my a, Slayer ticket. Yeah. I, mean, these, I love these bands. Yeah, dude. It's November 8th. 
Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. I have tickets too. Yeah, I'll see you. I'll be there. So it's like, I didn't, you know, there was stuff I was more excited about as time goes on. Yeah. But like, I didn't, where I had all these friends who like in March, they look like they're on their way to Lamar. And then in April, they look like they're going to a CB's matinee. Yeah. Shave their head. Yeah, they got braces going? and boots. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're wearing the AF skinhead shirt. It's like, yeah. fool. Yeah. Three weeks ago, you were wearing a bond of my blood shirt. Right. Who are you kidding? Right. And then you're trying to snuff a metalhead right. who looked just like you looked a month ago? Right. Get the fuck out. Yeah. That's you're trying cool. too hard. Yeah, you're trying too hard. It's like, just I get you, it. you, dude. I get it. You grew up there. You don't want to be represented by that anymore. That's cool. Right. And you'll ninety percent of those guys go back to whatever they. Of course. Yeah, all yeah. those dudes who became like, yeah. you know, trendy skinheads. Right. You know, I mean, they still love hardcore, but they went back to the metal that they were like, because they were too conservative identity shit. Yeah. And I mean, in New York, it was scary because I was yeah. going to CVs, and you know, I was one of the only long hairs there by like, you know, when I saw going every week was like, I guess eighty seven. Yeah. And it was scary having long hair at CVs, man. Oh fuck yeah! It was fucking scary. Yeah. Or even at like a, the Ritz or something. Yeah. I did worry on Long Island. I, I went to all the shows here, so I knew hardcore people. Yeah. Here, but when I left and I went to Brooklyn or the Lower East Side, that's different, when I was different like, ball shit. game. Different ball game. You know, Long Island, all the, all the dudes knew me. I was going to every show right track in. I was seeing yeah. all the matinees there, and I was seeing all the shows at Sundance. So I knew the Long, the Long Island hardcore people, and half of them came from metal. You go down to the fucking Bowery at CB's, it's a different world. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I walked down the block, and I remember, I forget what show it was. I think it was, it was 87, the first time I went in. And I remember the, just walking through that narrow thing, and like 20 skinheads are like, just eyeing me hard. Yeah. With that, like, what the fuck are you doing here look. Yeah. But. Nothing happened to you. No, nothing happened. Right. I got that look for about a month, and then. You know, I just kept going. Yeah. And after like five or six weeks, they would just give me like half a nod. Yeah. Kind of like, if you got the balls to show up. Yeah. And you weren't intimidated. Yeah. And you keep coming every week. And you're not causing any and problems. And you're not causing any trouble. Right. Yeah, you get that. You, know. you get the pass. Yeah, you get the pass. And you, you, know, you just got to go through that initial gauntlet. Which, I mean, in hindsight, I think is <laughs> Back fun. then. But now, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not into senseless violence or anything like that no but now with all like these internet warriors who flex oh, so loud God. I kind of almost wish there was a little bit of that yeah I don't want get dudes getting snuffed with pipes anymore yeah, right. that shit was bullshit yeah I mean unless there was something real going there right that that turned away good people absolutely and some people get glorified in the scene don't deserve the glorification they True. deserve to be fucking be like hey man you know at least step up and be like yo I was an asshole when I was a kid right you know, I get it. Yeah. We were all mental. I did some fucked up shit when I was a kid. Right. Not really yeah. hardcore shows. Right, but just in general. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> at the end of my life, I have to look through my life. I'm going to cringe, too. Like, yeah, look through that past fucking Rolodex of life. You yeah, fucking, you I mean, fucked shit. up about it. I, so I get it. I'm not passing, I'm not saying that I didn't, I'm not casting the first stone like I didn't do anything. Right. But, you know, there's a thin line between missing the edginess of the scene and realizing that the scene was really filled with outsiders and freaks. Yeah. And then glorifying stuff that was, like, over the top. Yeah. And in hindsight, didn't have to be as bad as yeah. it was. Unnecessary shit. Yeah. There's a difference between policing your scene and and making sure it's okay and people have proper respect for it. And then just going out of your way to be a dick. Yeah. And, you know, that that happened for a while in New yeah. York. And people yeah. don't like to talk about it, but it right. did. It did. Not now. I mean, I think that... I mean, I never left the scene, and I love it, and I'm... It's different. It's way... It's, it's fucking... Well, first of all, it's safe. Yeah. The sound has changed. The aspirations of the bands have changed. Yeah. 
you know, bands then just wanted to play CDs and put out a demo or a seven inch. Yeah. Now bands are like strategic and they've got more gear than like Metallica had. Yeah. It's a whole different mindset and approach. Sure. It's more suburban, which is where I come from. Yeah. It's less urban and outsider. It's true. These dudes, like, you know, all my friends, like, you know, I dropped out of high school. I was, I, those was me dead by 25. Me too. They plan my life. Right. These fucking kids are like in bands and they're talking about, they're strategic. Yeah. They're, they're already going to college. I'm like, man, you got your shit together. Yeah. And they don't think they do. Right. Because they're 90s or 2000s hardcore kids. Right. But, but you don't realize how much you actually do have your shit yeah, together. By 80s standards, it's just the fact that you want to be alive, you have your shit together. You're damn right. Like, yeah. I mean, me and my friends, none of us had a plan past like going to the shows that weekend. I had no fucking yeah. idea. No, none. Because I knew. I, 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 I used to do my drugs and I used to drink too. So I was like, I want to get fucked up, go to shows, and then what's next? All right, I have my little go nowhere job for money so I can yeah. get fucked up and go to shows. That was that was the whole very late eighties into the mid nineties. That was my life. Yeah, that was the end of high school for me into like. My 20s was like... And then a little bit later on in life, too. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> little, it took you a while. Took me a little bit. I mean, I'm still crazy. I'm just not out there. Right. Like, you know. I think we're all... Like, I'm not right. hanging out until 4 in the morning on, like, Avenue A looking for, no. like, some chaos. No. Yeah, I'm no. gonna go home. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna go, go to bed, home. man. I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna go home and, like, on Black Sabbath and Cat Stevens and... Right. Be grateful I'm alive. Exactly. Like, you know. Yeah. But then it was different. I was like a restless spirit. And then I was, you know, I was bored by stuff. I was bored by like, but I was pushing it to a bad end. That's why I didn't move to the city. Okay. So all my friends moved there and they were getting all fucked up. And I was, and they they partied hard. Like, So if you went to the city, you think it would have turned out bad? It would have turned out way worse. Way worse. Yeah. Because as it was... I was like a magnet for danger. Because it's like what you seek is what you find. Yeah. If you're going out there looking for chaos, you're going to find chaos. Sure. If you're looking at going out there looking for a fucking, some crazy fucking girl and some slut with mad drama, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, now I wake up and I'm I'm like in a zen place. Right. But it took me fucking half a century to get here. Yeah, man. Yeah, listen. Long road. I get it. I mean, I'm a really. I have. I mean, I have anger in me, of right. course, like all people, but but I channel my stuff now, and I'm grateful for stuff now. Yeah. Like, I wanted to, I was completely suicidal for 12 years, so once right. I got through that, it was a bit of a rebirth, and it was kind of like, okay, life's beautiful, man. Mine's fucked up. Yeah. I've got, like, no money and no career and no anything, to, right. but I do want to be alive, right. you know? I came way too close to killing myself too many times, like, really bad. Really, really bad stuff. And I was like... And I figured out I didn't want that. I just yeah. didn't know how to like live and be peaceful. So it was a fucking... You know. How long ago was like the first? Well, I mean, going back to like being really young. Yeah. And like 12 and 13 and just feeling like a shithead and like a... Like a... Then I was just... it was, But then I wasn't like... In hindsight, I, I wasn't suicidal. I was just really angry. Yeah. And I was kind of repressed. Yeah. You frustrated at shit. I was frustrated. Yeah. I was young... I didn't have an outlet yet. Right. And so I kind of exploded, you know? I was the kid who got all A's and B's and all of a sudden snapped. I'm cursing out teachers. I'm failing every class. Yeah. I'm going out with my friends and just doing nothing but, like, breaking shit. Yeah. Stealing. Just anything that was chaotic. Yeah. Like, back then, my idea of fun was just to be with my friends and find trouble. Right. You know? So, 
because it made me feel alive. It was yeah. like that glass of water in the face. Yeah, this was you got your fucking adrenaline. Yeah, going. I used to love getting chased by cops. Yeah, I used to get off on it. I was like, fuck yeah, catch me, you fucking pig. And like running, but like you know, I'm like 14. Like, at the end of the night, I'm like, oh my fucking, this guy catching me is gonna fucking destroy me. Yeah, like, but that's when I realized, like, all right, like, I'm not content. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not content. And music was the outlet, like. And, you know, I started doing bands then, but they were, you know, we never got out of the garage back then. Yeah. But, what was um, the name of the first band, even though you probably didn't even put a demo or anything? No, we didn't put a demo. What was the first band you became a part of? What was the name of it? it I, always, I always like to hear this because it's always a cheesy name. <laughs> I can only tell you half the story because the rest is so non-PC. Um, I'm not PC. But no, but this is way wrong. Okay. Um, I'll tell you off, Mike. All right. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> pretty brutal. That's fine. Uh, my first band was 1985. We were called Bloody Corpse. Okay, and it was me. so typical. Guy. Yeah, we were fucking. It's great. It was. I was singing. Um, the guitarist and drummer were metalheads, and the bass player was the punk rock dude who went into that band Winter. And um, we had two originals, and we did a Black Flag cover. We were like, we were terrible. Of course, we were Your terrible. First band. You're my drummer was like good. a Maiden Judas Priest Motley Crue kid, and I'm lending him like DRI and Cryptic Slaughter. Right. And like, uh, and you know, he had like hella weights. I'm like, yo, play like this. And he's like, I can't fucking do this. Yeah. Man, to play in a million. I'm like, well, like and we just yelled back faster. Yeah. And he's trying. <laughs> and he's like, yo, we, I didn't even have a microphone. I remember I used to, we used to jam in the drummer's mother's basement. And I, we had like a, a boom box that we just pressed play and record on. Didn't, I didn't even have a microphone. I used to scream into it. And I used to sing so hard and so loud that I used to like cough up blood sometimes. Oh shit! Because the band was on. Yeah, they had gear. I had no yeah. mic. I was like, ah. it was. <laughs> it's fucking it was, out of control. Yeah, that was my first band. Then you know we broke up after like three months. Of course. You know I didn't Bloody get corpse. Yeah, that awesome. we were. We were trying to be crossover. Right. We were trying to do like COC animosity, DRI, dealing with it at the time, agnostic front victim in pain, but mixed with like. Slayer and Venom Fucking Pestilence <laughs> Yeah, well, Pestilence wasn't even out yet Right It was like before that you Right know? It was like the, just the first wave Like Slayer, Venom, Hellhammer Right Because it was so early Yeah You know, it was like I think we we were like It was like the spring or summer of 85 so Oh shit, okay We were like really young And You know, we were only like 15, 14 We didn't even have access To like we didn't know other bands. We didn't know other fucking... We didn't know anything. Right. The only person we knew is... After we used to practice... Um, me and the bass player loved the Nihilistics. And we used to go get pizza after we practice. And we walk in there and me and the bass player are like... Yeah, it looks like the singer of the Nihilistics. <laughs> Ron Rand. Yeah, Ron Rand. Well, now I know, but I didn't know then, <laughs> right. personally. He's wearing like a suit and tie. And I remember he's like... It looks just like him. But yeah. like... He's like in a suit. Like, yeah, the outfit though isn't fit in the yeah, face. What the fuck's he doing in that page? <laughs> yeah. So we're like, hey man, you Ron Ransom? He laughs. He goes, he looks around. He goes, yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, we fucking love the nihilistics. We're in a band, you know that kind of shit. Of course. He's like, oh yeah. We're like, yeah. We practice on that corner every day. And he laughed. He's like, yo, I got caught at the red light. He's like, I heard you guys jamming. Oh, he shit. Said, he's like, it sounded like a mess. <laughs> I, was like, yeah, we're, say that. I was like, yeah, we're terrible. Yeah. Like, we've been together for like four weeks, you know? <laughs> but um, that was the first time I met Ron Ranson, actually, which was funny. <laughs> and that's still one of my favorite bands of all time because, I mean, for better or for worse, like, the Nihilistics represented my 
really angry teenage mindset. Sure. They were, they were pissed off. Yeah, man. And I related to them because, like, they came from, they're from Lindenhurst, like, 15 minutes away from I'm like, this is, like, they understand Long Island pain. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. It's like, so I was like, I was Yeah, like, I can't relate. I don't know it. It's I, a different world. Right, it is. It's a different world. It's a different kind of boredom. It's a different kind of danger. Right. You know, I mean, I had more, I've had more danger in this town than anything in the worst neighborhoods in the world. Really? Yeah, because when you look like me, in 1984, ripped jeans, combat boots, a fucked up shirt, I just wore my hair on my face, I cousin it. I look like a fucking mongoloid. <laughs> every cop, every jock, every marine, fucking faggot motherfucker, oh, throw him yeah. against the wall. Like 19-year-old guys, I'm like 15. Right. What the fuck fucking jerk off. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so they, they made me like... A little just, angry. Yeah. yeah, I was a time bomb, man. Yeah. And I sometimes I would flip out. I would be like, there, there were times when I would just go crazy. And I, they would back off because I'd freak them out mentally. Yeah. Like, uh, You'd be like, yo, this motherfucker. I'm like, yo, you crazy. can kick my ass. I'm like, I'll kill your fucking family. Right. I'd look at them like. Yeah. Because I felt like I had none to lose at that point. Right. Like, and they could have squashed me like a bug. Of course. But I freaked them out. But they're fucking mental midgets, so you tell them something like that, and they're like, whoa, they think twice. Yeah, it was, half of it was probably psychological, like, I'm going to freak them out. But the other half was like, I'm not kidding. Like, right. I'm not living like this every fucking day. Right. I'm just walking to get a slice of pizza. If you're going to if you're gonna do this to me every day, sooner or later, I'm going to kill one of you people. Yeah. I'm not going to be that kid. Yeah. I was like, I'll go out like that, you know? Man, fuck it. And I felt that way in high school. I was a, you know, that's how I was. Bomb. I yeah. was. I mean, it was a nightmare in high school. I, mean, I was fucking terrible. I was the oh, worst of the worst. I mean, I was... When you went to school, were you good in school? It's funny. The or did you just not school, give a fuck? Right outside this window? Right. That's my junior high school right there. Oh, shit. And that's where it all went wrong. Like, <laughs> I went there, you know, I'm listening to, like, Blizzard of Oz every day. And that's fucking, where it all went wrong. Yeah, it's like, I'm listening, I, I'm, getting, I'm becoming like a real metal kid. Right. And I'm, like, distancing myself from people. And I'm becoming an outcast. Right. By my own choice, you know? Sure. And I don't really have, like, my bond of people yet. So okay. I'm kind of, like, a little weird. Yeah. And I'm getting darker. <laughs> I'm starting to grow my hair out. And I wasn't just one of those kids who listened to metal because it was fun. I was just in metal because it was dark and it was angrier. Yeah. It was, like, that place, you know? Yeah. That's why it... It's where you felt comfortable. Yeah. yeah. It was where, I, you know, so it, and it... But it gave me strength. Like, it did. It was kind of, like, it was self-empowering in a way. Mm-hmm. I took it way too far and, like, took it to, like, its most ridiculous extremes after a while. Right. Because I just got so angry and just so... It's like I, I created a monster in myself, yeah. in a way. But, you know, so, yeah, I was up until seventh grade, I was A's and B's. And then eighth grade, I was supposed to get left back. And the teacher sl- sl- uh, pulled me to the side and was like... She liked me a lot. And it was Miss Lorenz. And she's like, come here. She's like, I failed you. And I talked to the other teachers and I realized you were going to get left back. And she's like, I've seen you since elementary school. She's like, and I know something's going on with you. Right. She goes, but you're a smart kid. It's like, I'm, I'm changing your grade from an F to a D so you can make it to ninth grade and go to high school with your friends. Because I feel like if you get pulled apart from them, you're going to be even worse. Oh, so she was... The, the, she, she really looked out. Yeah. It blew my mind. I, didn't even, I don't know Shout if I, out to Miss Lorenz. Yeah. And I didn't see her for like 25 years. And I'm riding my mountain bike over here. I thought, I mean, I, I remember seeing her and I'm like, oh my God, that's... Miss Lorenz, that's the lady. Did you say hello to her? Oh, I pulled over. First of all, I looked like a mongoloid. I remember my (laughs) hair was like the brightest blue, like brighter than this shirt. She didn't know who I was at first. I was like dressed in rags. 
I'm like, Miss Lorenz, do you remember me? And she's like, looks really scared at first, like she's about to get mugged. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, to me, Ron Grimaldi. She's like, she gets all emotional. She's like, oh my God. And you know, by then I was like, I was roading for a band and I was, you know, I just told her my life. She hugged me. I hugged her. I was like, thank you. I'm like, you know, you helped me. Yeah. You know, like I didn't even ask for your help. You, as a teacher, you had the instinct to be like, and she saw that. This kid's going off the rails and this isn't going to help him. Right. And I, you know, it meant a lot to me. That's a good teacher. It was a real teacher, you know? Yeah. When I got to high school, I had a couple of teachers that really tried to, like, pull me back to earth because they saw I was going, like... Teachers that knew I was smart were frustrated with me because they knew I was smarter than most of these kids. But, like, you know, I go to class once a month. Right. Like, literally once a month. Yeah. You know? So they didn't... They'd see me in the halls and they'd just be like, oh. Yeah. You know, and then I'd be in the office every day for doing something chaotic. And I was like, you know, so in some ways I definitely fucked my life up. But I saved my life because I would have killed myself if I ended up like these people. I wasn't meant to be one of these people. Right. I don't think I'm not supposed to live like them. Right. It's just that the learning curve and being a stubborn, rebellious teenager, it's like, it took me a long time to wise up to like what matters and what doesn't. Sure. So it's like I took that road for a long time. Yo, up until I was like 30, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it was only when I was 30, where I was like, dude, like, just get it right. Yeah. You know? Listen, I was hard headed for a long fucking time yeah. myself, man. Like, a long fucking time. And then certain things in life happen that just doesn't fucking help matters and this and that. Yeah, like, completely. Like, so, some that I absolutely brought upon myself, and then yes, a bunch too. that didn't. And sometimes while I'm in the mix of doing self destructive shit, something else happens that was out of my control. That compounds that, yeah. and it's, next thing you know, you're on a spiral, and you're fucking going bananas. Yeah. Completely. You know what I mean? So, But that's happened several times, you know what I mean? For, for years at a clip, you know? But, I mean, right now, I mean, I'm fucking happy. I mean, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I, I mean, do I have my fucking moments where I want to fucking kill people? Of course. But, yeah, but, all but, the time. but... It's in and out of my head like that. Like, I get yeah. over shit real fucking quick now. Like, I don't react. Cause, dude, I, I a, think before I react. Now, me too. Which I, I used a, to not. Plus, I have a daughter, and honestly, yeah. it sounds cliche and shit. It, it's absolutely no, sounds man, you cliche. But, into this world. but it's not about me no more. Like, no. there's certain times, like, with my job, like, if I get, if I get pulled over and arrested, mm-hmm. I can legitimately lose my job. Yeah. Even though one has nothing to do with the other, it's just because I work for the city and this and that, so I could lose my job. Yeah. So, like, there was a time where, like, I wanted to smash, I had the whole thing play out in my head, I wanted to sm- I had a shovel in my hand, I was shoveling snow, and this one kid mouthed off, and then fucking one thing led to another... And I had it all in my head that I was going to fucking bash this kid's fucking skull in (laughs) with this fucking snow shovel. And I had it all play out. But it took everything I fucking had not to because my daughter popped in my head. I need my job. I need her insurance. I need this. I need that. So that right there, like after I calmed down mentally, I was, dude, I was fucking shaking. But once I calmed down, I was like, you know what? That was like a big step where I felt like I quote unquote grew the fuck up a yeah. little bit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, completely. And that wasn't that long ago. No, believe me, I know. It wasn't that long ago this happened. I believe you, man. You I know, get so it. it's like, oh my god, if it was we're all, we're all like, you know, this is a fast-paced, high-strung, economically tight situation. This, this state, this country is in. Sure. So everyone's on edge. Yeah. You can hit anyone's button, man. Yeah. And they're ready to go. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the first one to admit I've misdirected my anger a million times. Fuck yeah. And I've 
dedicated the rest of my life to not doing that right. and to finding avenues that are positive, whether it be exercising or like being in bands or anything, even just to read a book or just call the right person yep. and see the right person. Some sort of outlet. Yeah. And it's like, those are my go-tos. What am I going to do? Flex on someone and do something stupid and fuck up my life? I right. can't. Right. I can't and I don't want to. Right. There was a time I actually did want to because I was like... But it's like kudos to you that you don't fucking, you don't do drugs. You've never really, you've never done drugs. No, I never did a drug in my life, man. Right. Never did drugs. I barely drank. Right. I, I thought it was conformity, actually. Yeah. In my, because in my social circle, everyone did it. Right. And then they would do something stupid and it would be the excuse. Gotcha. And I'd be like, kind of like, man, if I fuck up, I'm going to own it. Right. You know, whatever it is. Yeah, you're not going to cop out to I was yeah. drunk. So I just kind of. You know, so I just, I wasn't into it, man. Yeah. I wasn't into it. And I was never into smoke. Cigarettes were the gateway for everyone I knew. Right. And my grandfather had emphysema since I was born. And when I, you know, my first, I have no memories of him without him not being like with tubes in his nose and not being able to walk and oh. breathe. And I just remember being five years old and saying to my mom, why is he like that? It's like, he smoked three packs a day. So mm. in my head, at five, I was like, fuck cigarettes. Yeah. So when everyone became cool at 11 and 12, yeah. I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Then everyone starts smoking pot and drinking and then doing blow and then down the rabbit hole. Right. And then, but I was like, nah, I'm just trying to, like, and I kind of liked pain in a way. Okay. Like, uh, like I used to cut myself all the time. That felt real to me because I'm like, I mean, I was taking it out on myself, but my logic then was, if I don't do this to me, I'm going to do it to someone else. Right. And then I would, and I would. And I had, like, self-hatred issues, so I was like, I'll take it out on myself. But I always wanted to feel it. Getting yeah. fucked up meant numbing things. I right. didn't like numbing things. I don't like, like, yo, hit me with hard truth. Right. You know, like, the way I see the world, the way the world's going is the hardest truth in the world. Right. But I want to know it. I don't want to be that dumb guy with his head in the sand who doesn't right. realize what's coming. Yeah. Like, politically, economically, like, as far as catastrophic shit and yeah. just, you know, apocalyptic shit. Well, that's why before I was like, there's a few things that I want to get into. Yeah, we'll roll into that. All right, sure. All right, well, we kind of automatically just okay. directly segue, kind of, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Because like, you also said, you, I'm going to quote you, I think you said, I'm a technophobe idiot or something <laughs> like that, which I, close I'm, not, enough. I'm not mad at that, you know? Yeah. Um, so you only have a flip phone. Yes, and that barely works. And that's on purpose. Yes. Okay. I saw, but you're only on Insta, you're only on Facebook, right? Correct. That's it. So I, I'm friends with you on there, obviously, yeah, and I see your posts and shit. And you had recently posted a status about whenever whenever I read your statuses, they're, they're never really short, and they seem like they're very well thought out. Thanks. And they're concise, and you make a point. Even though they could be really long, but I'll read them. <laughs> I'll read them. I appreciate that. You're welcome. No problem. Truly, no problem. Because I know sometimes you gotta get annoyed. Right? Like, Can't this guy shorten this shit? I right. Well, certain people are just like, ah, whatever. I just keep scrolling. But when you <laughs> post something, I'm like, all right, let me just see what he has to say. Because I kind of have the vibe of how you really were. Now I've seen you at shows. I've never really hung out with you outside of like being in the same room at a hardcore show. This yeah, and that. I've much. seen your bands play, stuff like that. But I kind of had the vibe of kind of where you were coming from in and around about way. Right. So now you had posted a status recently, something about where this country is going. And somebody had posted a link about this biotech place or something like that. But you're, you, you think, well, I'm not going to speak for you. Where do you think 
2019, where do you think we're going as a country? Like, um, you just you just said something about apocalyptic and this and that. So where do you see us going and why? I'm going to go... The floor with, is yours, Ron. I'm going to go a different direction with this, but it's going to stay... Do whatever you do. There's no map here. Cool. <laughs> um, I, I don't play the left-wing, right-wing game. Me neither. I mean, of course, I see what's going on. I watch it from a distance. Me too. I kind of watch it enough to see what they're thinking. I figure out... The agendas that work behind it. Sure. I don't trust anyone. I'm not part of any of it. Me neither. Except for being a citizen here. Correct. I'm not not a card-carrying member of anything. No. Nope. Ever in my fucking life. No. Nope. That's, my, that's my independence. Agreed 100% across so, the board. <laughs> but not in some dumb, said, vicious, punk rock, fuck everything way. Right. It's right. quite the opposite. Right. It's you actually like, do research and you know. Yeah, I just want to, you know, you can get good out of anything, you know, right. and, and I don't... But... There's a lot of wars going on right now. There's, I, they're purposely creating division in this country. True. Trump, if you love him or hate him, he creates division in this country. Okay. There's no unifying going on there. Correct. I think that's toxic. Okay. And then the flip side of that, I think they're creating a template for a complete corporate control and through technology a complete prison planet and human enslavement. On, on what level? Because people right now say, I think I know where you're going because I'm, I'm on the level with you. But people that are listening will, will probably roll their eyes just now because prison planet, what the Oh, they fuck? can roll all they want. Like, right. I can give a fuck what they think. Right. I mean, so, I hope they... Right. You know, I hope I'm wrong, first of all. Me too. I mean, I want to... I don't think you're wrong, world. but I hope um, you are too. But it goes back to the flip phone. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you listen to Fox or CNN or some Alex Jones type or Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. Far left, far right, totally anarchist, David Icke type motherfuckers, anything. You can listen. I listen to all of it. Right. And I try to make sense of it. Right. There's no doubt. And none of this is actually conspiracy. It's just connecting scientific dots that they're... They put everything out there, but you have to put the puzzle together. Correct. And they don't tell you it's the same puzzle. They think it's ten abstract things. Mm-hmm. But you can listen. So what I think they're doing is, I, cre- I think they're creating, through technology, they are intentionally fully plugging us into technology for several reasons. Number one, in a capitalist way, so they can go, all right. This dude likes this, this, and this, and we can sell him this and this. Correct. That's how the average person thinks. Like, it's right. consumer-based and market-driven. Right. Sure, that's part of it. Of but course it's part of it, and that's, that's a fact. That's a, that's a hair of what it is. Right. It's really about, and all you got to do is, and I don't give a fuck if anyone rolls their eyes, but I hope they listen, just go to science pages. Right. Go to technology. Yeah. Go to the people who create patents. Yeah. These people are creating something, and their goal is to 100% create transhumanism, and and to morph the human being with technology. I absolutely agree. And they're doing it on many levels. First, we're addicted. I mean, fuck, I'm even addicted. Right. And you don't even have a fucking smartphone and you're addicted. No, and I'll never get a smartphone. I know. Because the smartphone in the the upcoming 5G wire system, that's going to get everyone to plug in. Right. And then they're going to get all the information, and they're going to, with that information, 
that it's going to go back to computers who align with each other. Right. And this is where we're doomed. And this is where Elon Musk and all that next level shit, if you're into any of that stuff, I don't know. I love Elon Musk, though. Yeah, I hate him. He's the Antichrist. I yeah. think he's a piece of shit. I, I, I like <laughs> him. Genius. The, I, this he's is, not on our side. This is, no, he's not on our side. The only reason why I do like him is because he's a fucking super, super rich dude who's like a kid who just does shit because he thinks it'll be fun. Yeah, I think if he wasn't playing... With the lives of humanity, I would think that's cool. Right. Like when he builds a drone with a flamethrower in it, I laugh. Yeah. When he that, that's the shit that I think is funny. Yeah, that's funny, sure. Because I mean, that, that appeals to the teenage. I want one. Yeah. No. <laughs> but we, that goes back to like, I would fucking be like, yo, I still hate that fuck. I'm going to go burn his house down. Whatever. Like, I don't need that. Right. I don't do good things with it. Right. <laughs> True. But it sounds amazing. I don't need it, but it sounds great. Fuck yeah, it's right. amazing. <laughs> it does sure. appeal to me in a stupid way. It's the same here. That's but, the appeal of Elon Musk to me. It's a stupid No, I get thing. it. But it's not an educated reason no, why I no. like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. But it, they're creating a set. They're, they're putting satellites up there. They're yeah. going to they're gonna monitor every inch of planet Earth. They're going to radiate every inch of planet Earth. They're gonna pull all the information out. It's gonna it's gonna morph with other computers, and they're gonna create. Whether you think they're gonna do something like create a simulation, which is a whole other thing. I won't even talk about that. Which I I believe in that, and right. I studied that for a long time, and I don't really talk about it. Well, it's not far fetched, dude. Because thirty years ago, people if you brought up the concept of even just a smartphone, people would think you were yeah. nuts. Yeah, but it's like I don't. First, I mean, I dropped out of fucking high school, so some of this stuff is over my head as far as explaining properly. Me too. I can't talk to people about nano dust and all this crazy shit about how they're going to take over the human being. But just to keep it simple. Nano dust sounds fucking heavy. Oh, you don't even know, dude. <laughs> and it's too late. All right, I'm like, sure it is. If you knew what I read every day and how I try to cope with what I think is coming, half of it's very spiritual based, and I'm like, not any religious domination. It's just more like. All right, stay positive, stay calm, right. and surround yourself with intelligent, loving people right. who have open minds. Right. And, uh, you know, I've flushed some of the human, some of the, I flushed some of the old out just because, like, I'm going somewhere where my, some of my peers aren't going. I love them, right. but I spend less time with them. Right. And the people I've been meeting and talking to in the next, in the last month or so, I'm consciously more in sync with. Okay. Some of that is, like, just strictly, like, a mindset and being spiritual type of thing. And the other half is, like, you know, some fucking crazy survivalist type stuff. Right. Depending on the situation. Sure. But, you know. But, um, so, yeah. I The human race will... I, my honest opinion is that the human race is well on its way to extinction, and everyone just thinks that's because of the planet and the Amazon and all that, and that's very possible. Right. But I think it's way deeper than that. The human being as an organic creature is soon to be extinct. It's going to be morphed and probably taken over by technology. So it'll be kind of like hybrids. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, that's transhumanism in effect. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what I feel is going to happen. And computers are not our friends. Right. They're not our friends. When you put computers in rooms with humans, they talk to each other. Right. They 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 work a thousand times faster. Sure. They already control the two. Th- I read a thing recently that they two thirds of stock market decisions are already made by computers. There's already AI, artificial intelligence, yeah. religions. There's a whole world coming, but nobody sees it because they wake up and Trump said something stupid, right. and then some fucking left wing guy's all witty, and then there's a meme on Facebook, right. and you get stuck in this verbal masturbation matrix of garbage. Yeah. And not that I know how to stop all that crazy shit. Right. But I'm preparing for it. Right. I'm preparing for that. 
And I think that <clears throat> that's a there's a lot of wars going on. There's a war for your body, for your mind. I mean, that's Alex Jones. I think there's a war going on for your mind. Yeah. And you know, he became a bit of a fucking idiot in the last twelve years, but <laughs> sometimes he's right. Sometimes and, he, yo, he he fucking called some shit. He called that Jeffrey Epstein shit. Damn right. Called that shit for years. Yeah. You know, he says some other stuff where you're like, oh, this guy's a moron, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he's he's a complex case, and he's probably disinfo at the end of the day, where he's like three-quarters truth, 25% nonsense, and that's why they keep him alive. Yeah. You know, that's why when everyone says that Trump's the savior, it's like, man, they would have fucking Kennedy to Malcolm X his ass. Yeah. He's not that. He's right. there to create division. Right. He's there to create chaos. Order through chaos. Right. That's the formula, in my opinion. Okay. Everyone's so distracted by him and his antics that are like WWE wrestling meets like a Jerry Springer show. Well, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah I know. I, know. I love wrestling. So. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fucking nut. Yeah. I'm a wrestling freak. I go. To, I used to take buses and go to Philly every month. Nice. I'm a diehard. <laughs> I'm a total wrestling psycho. But, um, so yeah, he's, he's part of that, whether it be the chaos he brings, and I'm not, I'm not going to be one of these typical left-wing, I mean, I'm so... When I say I'm left, I'm left on paper. I hate PC. I hate the modern left. They don't represent me. Right. The the basic ideals and tenets of like left wing slash anarchist, for lack of a better term, I guess, thought is where I come in. Right. And um, you know, because I when when I evolved mentally, I was more of like a crass conflict anarchist punk kind of in thought. Right. So and um. You know, and everything's getting taken away from us. There's no privacy anymore. None. There's none. We give half of it away with stuff we like do. Even I do with Facebook, you yeah. know? But it's deeper than that. Because they're, they're... They're coming after our thoughts. Absolutely. They're... You know, I spend hours a day watching stuff. They're, they're trying to perfect how to... The 5G thing, they can change your DNA. They can change the DNA through the phone's wires. All my friends laugh all the time, and I roll with it when they're on Facebook and they make fun of my phone. I laugh because I have a sense of humor. But I'm like, you're going to get steamrolled. Yeah. I mean, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to die two months after you. Right. But I'm going down fighting. At least I know what my enemy is. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not plugged in like that. I'm mad at myself that I'm on Facebook sometimes. I'm mad enough that I even have this piece of shit phone, and you can see this thing's destroyed. Yeah. You even wrote it somewhere on Facebook. I think I'm uh, like, something like, oh, my phone's fucked up. I haven't, you know, if... I haven't been getting texts. I'm thinking about just getting rid of my flip phone altogether also. Yeah, I was going to... But then I was like, I'm going to... That's the part of me that's not healthier for me. Is like, I, I don't want to be plugged in at all, but like, I don't have land. I don't have like this... I'm not Craig Satari. I don't got my right. spot. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Of course. Yeah, I love Craig. Um, Craig's awesome. Have, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. I always think of his first ever band name. Axe Attack. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Pre-New York City Mayhem. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I have New York City Mayhem demo. Nice. I bought that before, <laughs> before I knew him, obviously. So, um, no, you don't have any land. No, I don't have that. I don't right. have a plan for that. So, I'm planning... I'm making more of a mental plan, and I'm kind of making a... Um, you know, I, I for me, I'm trying to get this stuff out through art and through activism. And I'm in the process of doing two projects artistically that talks about all this stuff. Band-wise? Yeah. Band-related? Yeah, band-related stuff. Okay. And then... Um, we still have to go through bands, by the way. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that yeah. next. Um, <laughs> so, um, and then just surrounded by like-minded people, you right. know? And, uh, because, uh, 
I, in a weird way, I feel as alienated as I did when I was 13. Like, I'm socially popular, and I can go anywhere, and I know people, and even in this stupid-ass town, yeah. or any show. It's like, you know, I know everyone. I've been around forever. Yeah. Most people at this day and age like me. It's not right. like 35 years ago when I thought I was a psychopath. Right. Yeah. And I'm pretty well-adjusted. But I still want to be stimulated. I still want to be motivated. I still want to feed off people. I want to share with people. Right. And, you know, I do that with music, obviously, in, like, the most basic way. Sure. But I want to do it on a deeper level. Right. And those are the people that are coming into my life now. And I'm getting rid of the people that are just on, like, a mental treadmill. I can't stay there. Right. I no, can't I don't, I don't blame stay you. there. Yeah. I'm, I feel like something really heavy is coming, and I'm, I'm... What do you think that is? You feel like something heavy is coming. What do you think that heavy is? I think it's complete human enslavement. In how, in, in how long of a time frame? Much sooner than everyone thinks. Give me a Absolutely. I don't know if I can predict that because there are... Within five years? Well, let me put it this way. No one else gives a fuck, but like, you know, there's all those protests in Hong Kong. Right. You know, they're going, down, they're going around, they're smashing the, 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 the facial recognition polls down. Right. Because they, they know. Right. Go look at how China... Oof. What's going on there? Holy shit, my phone got a text. That, that like wow. never happens. <laughs> the phone making me look like I'm... Uh, I'm like, yeah, this thing never works. And I don't even know how that is. It's awesome. Fan. But whatever, at least it worked. Every time I think beeps, I get happy. That's how ghetto it is. <laughs> so um, anyway. So they're yeah. smashing the facial recognition shit. They're smashing it because they know what's coming. They know what's coming. They're, they're this close to being in a grid. And China's already there. They got everything. They got your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, your emails, their, your credit card. They've got facial recognition. They see where you're going. They know everything. It's getting fed into mega computers. They're creating, and with that, they're creating. That's where you get into the concept of sim, of a simulation and all that real time simulations. I mean, I would talk for ten hours about that stuff. It's, and I'm not. I don't think I should be the mouthpiece to articulate all the thoughts. I mean, I understand it all. Right. I don't know if I'm supposed to be the guy talking it right. at that level. It's right. very scientific. It's right. over my head. I got you. Stop going to science in ninth grade, you know? Yeah, I mean, same here. You know? Yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> Cutting out. I'm going to go listen to fucking... Motorhead. I'm going to go listen to Kill Em All in the Woods. <laughs> there you go. You know? like So, in hindsight, that's one thing I did fuck up. Because like, now, like, I, was, I was like, I don't need this shit. Right. I think the world was going this way. I'm like, I'm a genius at math. I'm like, man, I know how to spell. I know how to count. I'm good. Yeah. That's, it. That's the real world. Right. Not knowing that crazy shit like this was coming. Right. I never thought I'd be living in some Jetsons world. Yeah, really. You know, and we are. We're five years away from every car driving themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, after that, you just go down the rabbit hole. And once the genie's out of the bottle, as they always say, it's not going back in. Look how quick we acclimate to technology. I was oh. like, get a smartphone. I'm like, no way. Right. My last girlfriend, I borrow her, is like two minutes a day. Just look something up. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want this thing. This thing will get me, and I'll never get out myself. Right. And number one, I'll be a hypocrite. Yeah. Number two, I'll hate myself. And yeah. number three, I'll be stuck in this shit. Yeah. You know? It's fucking true. Yeah. It's crazy. I'll tell you off... They got, they got, they got people you by the balls with it. Oh, yeah. It's a tracking device. Yeah, absolutely. I even say it all the time, like, uh, the fucking traffic, the fucking tracking device is going on. Yeah, I mean, I used, to do, I used to want to go live in the middle of nowhere and do all that shit. And then once they perfected the whole drone technology, I was like, yeah, that's a wrap. Yeah. Um, I wasn't built for it anyway. I'm right. not that guy, right. I don't think. But I was thinking worst case scenario. Right. And, you know, even with this phone, you know, this phone knows I'm between three towers. 
And this thing can even audio and video record you, but I take this battery out and right. it ain't shit. You can't take the battery out of those fucking things. Nope, not no more. Nope. No more. It's a wrap. You used to be able to, not anymore. Yeah. And they won't let you. And there's all this stuff. It's it's depopulation is part of the goal for sure. Everything is there's a you know, and that goes into a combination of business. You know, it's like a slow kill. You know, all the antennas and all these things, everyone sits on them. They always buy your reproductive organs. It yeah. kills repro- reproductivity. Right. These are not coincidences. These are brilliant people. Right. These are they brilliant are. people with different agendas. Yeah. And you hold it up to your head right yeah, next to your I brain. I don't give a fuck. I've always been that guy. Like, you know, I was a guy screaming on September 12th that the government did 9-11. People wanted to punch me in the face. Right. I was doing it respectfully. Right. But I was like, hey, man, I don't buy that shit. Right. Yeah, the next day, there's no respectful way to say that, even though I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did it in a way where I was, I just questioned the narrative. Of course. I of course. You know, because I mean, I, you know, some people I knew died, tons of my friends and family knew people that died. Yeah. I mean, I was considering, overall, I was lucky. Right. You know, and um, that I, there was less people I, that I feared. Yeah. When it happened. Because I, I was insane. But, uh, you know, that's just how it, I've always thought that way. I've always seen through stuff in a different way. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I've, you know, that's why I've been really hardcore, like, I don't you know, I've been a vegan for 25 years, shit like that. Um, I had no idea about that. Yeah, you know, hating things like GMO foods. And to take it deeper, it's not, the people just think like, oh, GMO foods, oh, this, that. They're killing all organic natural life. Right. They're creating an artificial planet. Genetically modified food. Forests. This GMO, they're making genetically modified forests. They modify bees. And this is where you get into stuff like, is it a cult base? Is it this? Is the great... And like, that's a whole rabbit hole I won't go down. But the bottom line is, if your eyes are open, you see they're killing natural, organic, independent life. And they're replacing it with an alternative. Right. An alternative that has to get funded by something. Yeah. And definitely has a different agenda than me and you who just want to wake up and eat a normal piece of food and live a peaceful life. Right. Go anywhere you want with that shit. Mm. I'm not judging anyone. I don't have all the answers. Right. But I... I I'm not blind. That's what's happening. Yeah, people are fucking blind. And then, you know, they invent the term conspiracy theorist if you don't think traditionally. But, you know, in the 50s, you were probably a conspiracy theorist if you thought cigarettes cause cancer. Right. Oh, fuck yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, so get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And when your food's being made by chemical companies, <laughs> companies that make DDT are not going to make my fucking food. Right. Sorry, I'll stick to nature. Yeah. I mean, people have, they've lost sight of shit, even with medicine. I mean, you know. They laugh at 15,000-year-old medicines for things that were invented 40 years ago but and then kept in and pushed through without, like, proper safety testing through lobbyists. Right. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't... I kind of walk around like a... You know, George Collins has that thing where he's like... I, it's my favorite ever. Oh, he's my... I bowed him. Oh, that's fucking great. I knew you had an ink on him. That's amazing. Fucking favorite, man. He's a genius. Just that guy more than Me too. Me too. In this world, I'd be fascinated. Yep. He would rip some Non-relative, the most, the one motherfucker that I wish was back here. Yeah, unreal. Just a... And his stuff holds up, and he was ahead of the curve. Oof, light years fucking But he says, you know, because he has that... He gets jaded, and then he's like, you... You got to... We have a front row seat to the freak show. Yeah. And sometimes I am that. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. You know, that's why like we talked about wrestling. I need escapes. I can't... can't live in this. And I want to love my life. I want to live my life. So, like, I'm very calculated now where I spend my time, who I spend it with. Like, the last month, I've hung out with, like, two people. 
Yeah. It's two people. I'm like, like, yo, you're my go-to people. Mm-hmm. It's like, and that's no disrespect to anyone. I want, when I go to a show and hang out, I want to run into everyone. I love sure. everyone, but my quality time, my free time, my time for like real life shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to places where it's like, I'm going to leave them feeling good about myself. Right. Feeling good about whatever energy exchange we had, what we talked about. And there's no, there's no drama in it. I left right. all that shit. And yeah, I've, you know, I've had to leave people I'm in love I've had to leave people I'm in love with. Right. Friends, relationships. It's like, you know, it's like, I got to go my path. And yeah, I'm probably going to die alone. <laughs> Whatever. Everyone dies alone. Yeah, but I mean, I might really die alone. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows how it's going to play out, you know? Right. And I don't even talk about much of this stuff. Like, I, I write like a paragraph here and there on Facebook. I don't write what I'm really thinking. Right. Because you know, my head, because I write these You can't even really articulate everything. Plus, it would be like a fucking novel. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to put it into song form. And there you uh, go. make it artistic and find like a... Um... Yeah, but... Yeah, we're fucked. The yeah. human race is really fucked right now. I think and so not too. in the stupid ways... That everyone wastes their time on. Right. And I'm not making light of horrible decisions that Trump has made. I'm not making fun of or talking less about what's going on environmentally. These things terrify me. Right. I'm a fucking hardcore vegan environmentalist, animal rights activist, the whole thing. But even all that stuff, even fucking Jeffrey Epstein with all that fucked up sick shit with these fucked up people, there's even bigger things going on than that. Of course. Now, granted... I'm glad some of those people are sweating because they're some of the most evil motherfuckers in the world. Without a doubt. And I'm glad that people who for decades felt untouchable are probably shaking in their boots a little bit. People like the Clintons. Fuck yeah. You know? Yeah. But I can't spend every day reading about Jeffrey Epstein and the Clintons. It's like, I'm trying to... That's one tiny piece of yeah. some really fucked up nefarious shit going down. Yeah, and I do think it connects to something bigger and darker, which does overlap with some of the stuff that's going on, on a, that I'm talking about. Right. But that's putting together so many pieces. I mean, you know... Oh, it's a fucking huge tank yeah. of web, dude. It's fucking... Yeah, I'm not going to write a 2,000-page book on this stuff, and I'm not going to talk about it in a podcast, but... Right. You know, I don't even talk about this stuff, usually except to, like, close friends. And most right. of my friends either think I'm crazy or just... Go 25% of the way. Oh, right. Shit, that sounds weird, dude. Right. I don't think it sounds weird, and I don't think you sound crazy either. Well, I appreciate that. But, um, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I, no, I, I know. I know you're of a similar mind. Yeah, and, I you know, agree. I, I, and uh, the only thing I didn't have... Even though I'm kind of hypocritical, because I'm on all fucking social media to, to promote this shit. Some degree, blah, blah, it's, not, yeah. it's not a contest. Right. It's not yeah, a contest. Yeah. True. You know, I, get, I don't have the things... I'll tell you off air what I'm doing to try and prepare for it. I'm not okay. going to, like, go yeah. out with all that. Can't give out all your secrets. And, yeah, and, you know, it's just kind of like, some of it's a little crazy. But whatever. You know, you, you do what's right in your heart, you know? Yeah, man. And um, so for me, yeah, I mean, I have different goals in people. Most people are like, oh, 401k, pension, uh, make sure everyone's healthy. And I get all that. We all I, want I, security. We all need security. Sure. But I'm looking at security... On what's going on outside in the, in the world that's coming down to affect me. Right. Not weekly paychecks or if I live in a mansion or a one-room apartment or a fucking house somewhere. Right. I'm think, I'm just looking at it from... It's the same mindset to just be secure and happy and healthy. But I just... For where I think the world's at and who I am, my calling is to 
go that way. All right. And not the way of like, same shit, different day, nine yeah. to five, put on yeah. TV, drink a beer, fuck your wife and go to bed. Right. It's not me. Right. It's not me. You right. know? It's like, and you know, there's very few people on earth that, the people in my world now are, are really unique. They're amazing people. They, they, they inspire me. Right. You know, like, it's, I can't hang out with the same people who think the same thing, and they haven't grown, they haven't listened to any new music in ten years, and the big exciting thing to them is, like, a fucking, you know, some new TV show. Right. It's too vapid. Yeah. It's too... Yeah. I get it. Man, I, when, we, when I go home from here, I'm going to watch fucking Beverly Hills 90210. Right. I'm going to laugh my ass at how stupid it is. <laughs> right. I do it, too. But it's like, it's not why I'm alive, man. Right. It's not why I'm alive. Yeah. And, you know, I make conscious decisions on what I do and how I do it. And so it's like, I feel like I'm more of an activist than I've ever been, but I'm not going to protest anymore. I'm not fucking, you know. Yeah. It doesn't, all it ever did was get my picture taken, get some kind of stupid file that's sitting somewhere, I'm sure. Right. right. Facial recognition garbage. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's, a different, it's a different avenue for how to protest. And that stuff would just get me angry and riled up, and I'd come home like I didn't feel like I. He says it's not accomplishment in that. You right. just you're making it easier for them. Once Occupy happened, I left there for a couple of weeks because it was going south. But when I was at that Occupy Wall Street stuff, you know, I saw the cameras there, and I saw the cops there, and yeah. I saw all the fucking military weaponry they even had. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. They, no that, good can come of this. Right. The only reason why, because they, they allowed that to happen for as long as it did. Yeah. Protests they, they only work if they let it. I believe. I do think they were caught off guard by it. But you know, what they do? They just crushed it. Yeah. They yeah. crushed it. And it got too PC for its own good. It got like so suffocatingly PC. Right. Where like, you know, they didn't use megaphones and they had people telling the words and everyone had to, had to have equal time. Guess what? Some people can't articulate their thoughts. Right. Don't give that more on 15 minutes. Time's precious. Right. You, you, if you want to unanimously say, hey, you're our voice, that's how you do things. Right. You know? It's like, what do you do with a football team and everyone gets to be the quarterback for five minutes? Right. And the fucking <laughs> linebacker can't throw a ball four yards? Just want to be PC and right. stupid. It is. Absolutely. It's so fucking counterproductive. Yeah, it's a great analogy. It's true. I, I can't stand it. I leave. I'm like, I'm out. So when I hear all that... That PC stuff is just to keep us like this. Yeah. That's all it is. And then, you know, the far right, you know, I understand why you're angry. You know, you you bought into this illusion, into this dream, and you're getting fucked in the ass by corporate America and everyone else. But you're blaming everyone on the bottom. That's your mistake, in yeah. my opinion. You know, the fucking guy, legal or illegal, who's making $12 an hour is not your fucking enemy. Right. It's the fucking... Billionaires hiding behind lobbyists and fucking money over, you know, stuck in some bank account. Yeah. I mean, come on. See the bigger picture, man. Yeah. So whatever. I'm really detached from that world. Mm-hmm. You know, I read about it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very PC on paper. I'm anti-racist, sexist, I'm pro-equality, all that. Right. For every, con- for every concept. Sure. But you got to realize that you're getting, you're, just by being in that, you're being brainwashed. Right. Because you're, you're buying into something and half the time, those agendas are funded by the opposite side. Absolutely. You follow, I always say, you follow money trails. Sure. You follow bloodlines and money trails. You're going to find a lot more shit that you don't know about than you're ever going to think. Yeah. You know, once I went down that rabbit hole, it's like, you know, I'm not a card-carrying member of anything. Right. I don't like, even like being vegan. PETA, I think PETA sucks. Right. 
They suck. Yeah. I don't like the way they do shit. They don't represent me just because I don't eat animals and they don't. Fuck that. They right. suck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, there's... It's... You know, nothing's what it seems, you know? And once something's too organized, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. Especially if it's gotten... If you got to follow the funding, man. Funding takes it on these left and right turns. Yeah. And there's topics I don't want to talk about because the world will be like, you're crazy. Yeah. And they'll, you know, they'll like feel bad about me. And it's like, they'll, they'll feel <laughs> negative because I've come to some fucked up conclusions. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I don't know how to answer those people. Right. I, it's not. Yeah, you're not obligated to answer those people. No, and I, in no way am I infringing on anyone's freedom. Right. No way. I mean, right. shit, I've got friends that are too far right, borderline full on sketchy, but you know, for 40 years, they have a weird relationship with them. Right. It's like, yeah, he's like, he does seem like a borderline Nazi, but I've known him since we were 10, and then he's kind of cool, he's just stupid. Yeah. And then you kind of give someone a pass, like your fucked up racist uncle who says fucked up shit. And you, right. Sometimes you call him out, and sometimes you're like, it's not worth the effort. Right. That's just it's him, like, it's like, whatever. Yeah, you just choose you're your battles. To fucking, yeah, you choose, choose your, your battles, battles, you know? Yeah. I'm not, I mean, that's not my thing. Right. I just try and, like, walk, you know, I just try to walk the path that I talk. Yeah. And just... Keep stay real to what I think I'm supposed to be. Right. So you know that, that that's what to paint that all back to music. That's what got me into hardcore punk because that was the only place where I felt like that was being expressed in a music form. Right. And early street hip hop too, but right. hardcore punk was more radical and more. Sure, absolutely. You know, they're not just talking about the block. They're talking about the world. Of course. You know, it's global. Yeah. They're talking about what's going on in countries I never even fucking heard of. Sure. I used to get lyric sheets from like bands like MDC. I'm 50 years old. I'm like, I don't. I never heard of this place. They're right. talking about like. A, you know, oppression in this place, and you know, I was like, it was eye opening. It helped me grow up. Yeah, you know, so like, that's why that stuff's still sacred to me. Take it all the way back to music, right? So since we're on the topic of music, your first, well, what was your first established? You played drums for Kill Your Idols for a little while. I did, but um, was there anything kind of established before that? Yeah, I was in a couple of hardcore bands before that where I sang. Well, I know you were in Death Cycle. Sonic Poison was later. That was on. later. That's all later. Right. I, um, after that horrible band I was in like ninth grade I was in, my first real hardcore band was called Get a Life and okay. we uh, we were all really good friends and uh, we made a demo we played out a bit we were like um, you still have one of those demos? no but uh, I can make you one I can no. totally make one <laughs> <laughs> I can send you the music awesome yeah the music it's cool it was good I want to hear it it's like you know it's like personal political hardcore not global political not right. like all this next level shit I'm talking about. You know, right. I was like 20 years old, so I'm singing about like my life. And we were good. The, uh, you know, we had a, we were fucked up. Me and the guitarist were really fucked up. Like, we were not healthy. We were both really suicidal. Okay. We, we actually discussed a few times doing a group suicide on stage. Oh boy. And we were serious. We were, we were, we were, we and him were troubled. The other guys were like happy go lucky. They were like, <laughs> more like just like hanging out, having fun, jam, yeah, let's go hang out. The other guys were a little more on the metal side, too. Um, but, um, yeah, so we we did our thing for a little while. and uh, But I was really... So, all my lyrics were, like, really, like... I was really angry then. I, it was, like, fucked up. I used to, like, bleed every show. I was, like, really, like... Like, in hindsight, it wasn't... It was a good outlet for me, but it wasn't, like... Uh, I'm glad we broke up. <laughs> I, and, uh, and the bass player of that show became really well known because he quit to move to California and he created that show Californication oh really that show Lucifer Tom no Ka- shit Tom Capitos really yeah he grew up one town from here and he's, he was a good friend back in the day 
Wow. He's a good dude. I haven't talked to him in years. Right. But, uh, yeah, so he was in our band. He was in Get a Life. Yeah, he was in Get a Life. Nice. <laughs> then I was in a band a few years later by saying also called Leech Implant. We put out a demo. We won a couple of comps. We played a bunch. Uh, two of the guys were in a death metal band called Sorrow, who on Road Runner Records. Okay. They were kind of like a Slayer, death style, death okay. metal band. And um, and we were like the hardcore side project, because we they were all into hardcore as well. Leech Implant. Yeah. And we played, you know, we played like real shows. We would play like Warzone and Fury 5 and stuff. Okay. We played that a bit. But we only put out a demo. We won a couple of CD comps and stuff. And we broke up. Then, then Kill Your Idols started with Gary and Andy first. And they needed a drummer. And our friend uh, Big Vinny got me on board. But, man, I had a drum kit for like six months. I bought off some junkie kid I hung out with. Right. I was man, I always wanted to play drums. And he was all strung out one night. Up right over here. He's all strung out. He's like, yo, I heard you want to play drums. I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's like yo, okay. Give me, what do you got in your pocket? I'll, I'll take 50 bucks. I'm like, dude, I ain't got 50 bucks. He's the one to go cop, you know? And I'm like, fuck, I'll never have money for a drum set. I gotta get this drum set somehow. I'm like, yo, dude, I got $35. Right. And he's so strung out. He's like, fuck it, give it to me. I'm like, all right. So we get in this car, he drops some drums off in front of my garage. I'm like, sick, I have a fucking drum set. Yeah. $35. Yeah. Nice. And I said to him, I remember I shook his hand. I'm like, yo, don't die on my shit. <laughs> yeah, really? I'm like, call me tomorrow. Like, I, I, I'm like, I know what you're doing. Right. He's like, all right, bro. He called me the next day. Uh-huh. He's like, yo, I'm good. I'm like, yeah. cool. I just have these drums. I'm like, what you, I'm doing. I don't know if you've ever seen the Chris Rock special where he talks about the positive. Everyone always talks about the negative sides of crack. Yeah. yeah what about always. the positive sides of crack? <laughs> if you're up at the right hour, you can get a VCR for $1.50. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly so true. Yes, yeah, true. dude. <laughs> the same dude. This one I was dirt poor a little before this. Um, I didn't have my, I didn't have a bike, and I ran to that dude, and he had this fucking sick bike. It's worth like three hundred dollars. I'm like, dude, that's a crazy bike. And he's like, you know, grabbed his nose, all tweaked out. Yo, you want it? Oh shit. I'm like, I don't know. It's like twenty five bucks. Oh shit. Like, twenty five dollars, really? Yeah. I'm like, all right. And then we shake hands, and he's like. Yo, heads up. I stole that like 100 feet from your house. So. Oh, shit. I'm like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Paint it real quick. Yeah, I, I painted it black. Paint. Yeah, I cool. painted it black and I put a bunch of like subhumans and discharge stickers on it. There you go. Instant different bicycle. Of course. My little punk rock fucking vehicle. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, and then I said the same thing. And that, that was always my line with him. I'm like, yo, don't die, dude. Yeah, but now it's I wouldn't even shit. do that. Now I'm at a point where like I, you could give me some for ten, worth ten thousand dollars for a dollar. I'm like, nah, dude. I'm not. Yeah, feeding, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeding into that. Right, I'm good. Yeah, I'm not. But I was so desperate. I didn't have money for a bike or a fucking drum set or anything. So right. that's how I got my drum set. So when Kill Your Idols started, <laughs> we just wanted to play 80s hardcore because no one on Long Island was doing that. And you know, everyone was going, jin, 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 jin. That whole Earth Crisis shit was happening. We were yeah. like, no, we're not that. Right. We're like Negative Approach and, you know, you go with Negative Approach and Gnostic Front and Chromag. Sure. And newer bands like We Love This Band Voorhees from the UK and all that kind of fast hardcore. But the difference is that those guys have been playing for five years. Right. The guitarist and the bass player. I've been playing drums for six months. Right. I was terrible. Right. I mean, I was, I was fine for the beginning because right. the songs were slow. Right. But they kept getting faster and they kept getting tighter. And yeah. I'm not getting any better because I was dating this junkie girl hanging out of my house every day. Right. And they're like, yo, learn those songs. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. And I didn't, like, I'd look at my drum set for like, I'd play like 10 minutes a week. Yeah. And they just kind of be like, you still suck, dude. Like, yeah. you're not getting better even. Because I wasn't. <laughs> right. And then, um, so they booted me. And then me and Gary were always like, yo, someday we're going to do a band. And that's when we finally started Death Cycle. Right. Like six, seven years later. It was me and him. It was just me and him in the beginning. I was at your quote-unquote final show way back. 
Oh, at the Rockstar Bar? Rockstar Bar with Inhuman. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was there. Yeah. That was a, that was a good show. Oh, that was actually. a good show. Yeah, that was a crazy show. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was the Rockstar Bar. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That spot was crazy. Yeah, I think I still have the fly somewhere. Do you? Yeah. I did, I did some crazy shit in that place. <laughs> yeah. He's dead, too. Who is? Rocky, the guy who won that place. Did you know oh, that? no. I, the Jack, I, I, dude. I was only there like twice. I have no idea. Yeah, I was dude. there two times. That I don't even remember the other band that I saw there. That's but it was like, man. yeah, it was, you got, I don't remember. Did like a drunk I, driver play? I don't know. I, I remember, I remember Inhuman and you guys. Yeah. Uh, I think my friend's band, The Communion, played. Possibly. It's my friend Lee. He, he lived down here. He passed away some years back, but I think he opened. But uh, anyway, so then we, Death Cycle was just me and Gary in the beginning. Right. We just go in my garage and write songs. I was playing drums again. But by this point, I'm decent. Because it's like six years later. So he's playing guitar and I'm playing drums. We wrote like four songs. And we recorded a demo with... Um, like a week before Matt Vancouver, who was in Thought Crime and he was in MDC. He became right. the bass player. And then we did, we banged out a demo. We got Rick Dick from The Casualties. He recorded it for us for for $25. He produced it. Big epic pay. pay. <laughs> and then, then we became a real band. And we put out a few seven inches and then... Um, those dudes left and we got John LaFada on drums who was in uh, Neglect and Mind Over Matter and Madball. Right. He came in on drums and we got Paul from Kill Your Idols and on bass and that became our core lineup for like 10 years. Me, Gary. And dudes came in and out. Jay Banks, he was in Cause for Alarm. He was in the band for about a year. Okay. Mike D was in the band for about a year. He was in Kill Your Idols, Sheer Terror. It's like one incestuous little circle of dudes. Of course. And, you know, it works in, out like that. Yeah, and I've been in bands with I'm in, I'm in a project right now with Mike, and I was in a I was in a band called Faithless with him. And I was Faithless, a, okay. Faithless was me, him, and Lil Anthony from Sheer Terror, who I've been in like three bands with. Okay. The drummer of Sheer Terror. I was in Sonic Poison with him. He was in Death Cycle for about a year. It's like this clique of like 15 guys, and we just kind of trade each other off. He's younger, though. He's way younger, that kid. He's not like me, Gary, and Paul, like older. I'm not being disrespectful. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to find that fly, but I'm listening to you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was the projects. So, Death Cycle lasted about eleven years, I guess, ten years. And then okay. We put out like yeah, you put out a, a few things. We put out two LPs, two like, full lengths, but you have out about three splits and right a seven inch or two. So, we put out a lot of stuff. We were pretty active. We played with I played with every band I wanted to play with, except Sick Roll. Never played with them. Really? No, for some reason. But we played with AF. Man, we played with everyone. AF, Madball, Chromags, Flipper, fucking everybody. Flipper. Hyrax. I mean, we played with everybody. Disfear, Extreme Noise Tariff. Man, we played with everyone. You know, we huh. were around for a while, you know? And we, yeah. We, so we, you know, that was a good run. And we might do a show or two coming up. That cycle show. Yeah, and I mean, that stuff's mega political, and I always wrote, looking forward, I feel like I read the lyrics, because, you know, we might play again soon. So I, I pulled out the CD, I'm like, I don't listen to shit again. And I'm reading the lyrics I wrote 12 years ago. I'm like, this shit's just starting to happen now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because I was always like forward thinking. Like some of the lyrics are talking about like reading people's minds and things about DNA morphing and stuff. And that's the stuff I'm just talking about now because I'm always trying to see what's ahead. Yeah. You know, like the first album was a song by GMO Foods. I wrote that song in like 2003. Really? Yeah, because it's like I'm always kind of looking like where everything's going. Right. Scared and like scared, but you know, kind of like preparing too. So it's kind of like, I try to be a little ahead of the curve for my own self. And that's, since it's where it's, my head's at, that's what I write about. Yeah. I'm sure you have it. I, 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 so, you know. Scrolling. It's fucking so, yeah, scrolling. that was a, 
That was like the main thing for a lot of years. And then I did these. What's up with Sonic? Po- I saw you guys. I saw Sonic Poison play. You played we the played ba- a lot of War on Sub Zero. We at that show. The was that Bowery in the basement? The, yes. Yeah. I we, was at that show. We put out. We played. We played like five shows. Was Dark Side on that show too? They might have been. It was definitely Sub Zero and a lot War, and us. I don't remember who else. Maybe Dark Side. Did Mike play? Did Last Stand play? I don't know. No, Dark Side played played a show with Murphy's Law. I think that night. No, you know what? Dark Side didn't play that day. Right. Because yeah, I don't Dark, know. Dark played Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Jimmy's 50th, something like that. That's probably... I was there. Yeah. Because yeah. if I would have played with Rich that day, I would have remembered. It was... Uh, Sonic Poison was really cool. It was fun. It was uh, me, that kid Anthony, from Sheer Terror on drums. Rick from The Casualties. Yeah. He was the guitar player. And um, I don't know if you know uh, this kid, Tom. He was in Denial and Concrete Cross. No. Bands that... The kid from Sheer Terror, the Anthony kid, was in previous. Okay. So, we were all good friends, and Rick and Tom grew up together and stuff. So we had, And what'd you release? We put out a 7-inch. A 7-inch. And we played like five shows, and we were just kicking it into full gear. And then three weeks apart, Tom and Rick both moved to California. Oh my God. Like, just uprooted themselves in like really chaotic ways, like no warning at all. We were like, oh, I guess it's a wrap. And then me and Mike D and that little kid Anthony, we had a band called Faithless. We, but we started in like 2008. What happened with us was we had about seven or eight, we had eight songs. And it was me, Mike D and Anthony. And uh, we, they didn't even recorded the music. We had an album coming out on this label called Corey Records. And we were going to start playing out all the time. We were like a real full-time thing. Yeah. And that's when Paulie got Sheer Terror back together. Mm. And he plucked Mike and Anthony. Gotcha. And they were like, hey, dude. I'm like, yo, go. Yeah. Your terror, it's your man. terror, man. Coming back. What? I was like, go. Fuck yeah. And then Mike was like, we'll get back to this. And we didn't for like nine years. But then when Mike left Sheer Terror, he's like, dude, all you got to do is put vocals on this shit. Yeah. So we did that. We put out, we took some of the riffs ended up in Sheer Terror. So we didn't fucking use, we didn't use those songs. But we had like six songs. We made a tape. And then, uh, so that was cool. And now I've got a couple of projects I'm working on with some people. You want to disclose any names, any working titles? Uh, one band is going to be called Bombs and Boardrooms, which is about well direct <laughs> action type. Okay. <laughs> Against, you know, you can figure it out. Uh-huh. And uh, that's with me and two of the guys from Two Man Advantage. Okay. And, okay, uh, that's awesome. And uh, Mike D. Okay. From every band I've ever... Right. Celebrity Murder, Sheer Terror, Kill Your Idols, everyone. And, um... Them trying to get something going a little more, like, I want to say, like, a little more like Killing Joke, Amoebics, more atmospheric, fucked up, end of the world sounding kind of Okay. Punk, which fits, like, everything I'm writing, so. And I've got, i got some people in mind for that, but no one that's, like, definite yet. But I like, like, four people who said yes, so just got to kind of get everyone in the same room. and Work a title for that? No, but okay. that's going to be, like, that's going to be dark. Huh. It's gonna be like it's gonna be miserable. Okay. <laughs> it's like because I'm writing for it, and I'm like, oh god, like, this is fucked up. Yeah. Like there's some music that's very cathartic to play. Right. You know, I'm physical when I play, so yeah, you are. Like you know, I don't care if I'm bleeding or bruised up. I don't right. give a fuck. Right. I gotta get it out of me, and this is like a positive way for me. Right. But I'm always careful. I don't write lyrics that like like I stop writing lyrics about being suicidal and stuff like that because I. I when I act it out, I'm putting my brain back there. Right. I can't do that. Sure. So I'm trying to find that thin line of writing about some really dark stuff but not wanting to like hang myself right. afterwards. Trying to find write with solutions in mind and 
in a sense of resistance, not right. hopelessness. Right. You know, that's why whenever I write something online, someone's like, oh, fuck it, we're going to die anyway. It's like, oh, yeah, let me just come over your house and shoot you in the temple. Yeah. I, that, I hate that mentality. Yeah. We're, we're all fighting to live. Of course. We're all fighting to that's live. That's ingrained in us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, I wanted to die for 12 years. Right. I know what it's like. All right. We've all wanted to at some point. Uh-huh. We're all fighting to live. That whole, I don't give a fuck, good, I hope it ends. No, you don't. No one does. If something... You don't. Catastrophic happens, and we can see it all coming over the skyline. You're going to cry like a baby. Yeah. You're not going to be good. Here it is. Right. Everyone's full of shit. Yeah. Even the biggest nihilist. Yeah. They're full of shit. Absolutely. Unless you're really spiritually grounded, and you really believe you're going somewhere better. Right. Those people might be like, okay. And they are very fucking far and few between. They are. They are. And I mean, I give them credit. And they might think they are, too, until that time comes, the next thing you know, they're shitting their pants for everyone else. Because your kid's with you, or your loved one. Of course. So, like, you know... I mean, I probably used to be that kid, but I'm not that guy now. No. I'm fighting to live and to be happy and to be healthy and be productive and be do the music I want to do and live the life I want to live and be around people who are similar. Right. Not a bunch of fucking generic, boring... On the fucking hamster wheel. Yeah. I'm not, and I don't think I'm better than anyone. I'm just... I'm searching for more. Right. You know, and I'm, I just can't. I can't. So I'm not. Right. I, listen, <laughs> you, I get you know? it. I fucking get it. So, like, sometimes I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy when that phone doesn't work. I go ride my bike for eight hours. Yeah. I don't talk to anyone. Right. I stop at a health food store. I get a juice. I go sit under a tree, I think. I write lyrics down. I'm in my own universe, man. Yeah. That's the only way to be free these days for me. Yeah. Is to do that. What am I going to do? Shop all day? Like, yeah, really. You know, for what? even for shit I love, like I'm a big vinyl collector. I'm not going to go to eight record stores every day. It's right. like I'm still I'm stuck in that fucking thing. Right. I've got fucking ten thousand records at home. Right. All I got to do is pull it out of a fucking shelf. Right. Trying to be happy with what I have, move forward, and you know. But I'm really driven to do music again, and I, I wish the hardcore and punk scene was more awake. They think they're awake because they hate Trump, and they think oh, they're awake God. Yeah. because a lot of them are like veggie or vegan, or sexual stuff about sexual equality and of course like gender oh man, fighting, and gender and all that you're stuff, fighting right? the good fight in in those things but there's a whole world out there and you're just stuck in the same things that are deemed safe in the punk hardcore community correct you're not turning over unpleasant shit right you're not rocking the boat right you know yeah you know mm-hmm. I mean I respect John Joseph I consider him a friend man yeah he, he rules. John Joseph's just a fucking good dude, man. Yo, when I wake up at 8 in the morning and that motherfucker's already jogged nine miles and yeah. I'm sitting there like I'm too late to get out of bed, I see his shit face, I'm like, oh, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going, you yeah. know? He motivates. You don't got to live the same life as him. Right. But you, that flame, that fire, that's inspirational to me. Fuck you know? yeah. You know, it's like, so I choose carefully the first person I talk to in the morning because I'm like, man, if I call that fucking negative fuck who I love but he's gonna just keep me on the phone for now and tell me some dark shit he's gonna drain my ass yeah I don't want that right you know and it's like so yeah man I'm, I'm just a different kind of dude than I used to be yeah, listen <laughs> I'm the same guy I'm like totally the most non-conformist freak right your mindset's different you yeah, have different fucking you, like, you hey, see things differently and yeah. it's a fucking good thing man I wasted 12 years not doing what I should have been doing and been like I was trying yeah and, but well, same here. I, I, wasted, so, I wasted so many fucking years yeah. of my life doing dumb shit. Yeah. Searching for shit that I didn't know what the fuck I was searching for, but at the end I wasn't searching for shit. And I was stuck I was just stuck in my own head, you know? Yeah. 
I refuse to do it anymore. Like I'll I'll wake myself up. Yeah. Like yo, stop. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't matter what that guy said. Doesn't matter what that girl thinks. Doesn't right. matter about whatever. Right. And then, you know, just try and change what you can change in your in your life and the people around you, and try and make that grow. Yeah. You know, I mean, I read about what's going on in the world. I can so when I get to sign a petition, I get to go to Hong Kong and fucking right. You know, but, around with them, but like, there's like really? a mental solidarity with those people. I yeah. see that. That inspires me. Fuck yeah. I'm like, you're doing what you have to do. How long has that been going on in Hong Kong? I don't know, but it's big. I gotta start fucking researching that shit. Now, when I saw the facial recognition thing, that made me happy. So yeah, like, it's one thing to protest. It's another thing to be like, hey. Yeah, I also saw your post about that. You know, the insane clown posse makeup. Facial recognition doesn't recognize it. So, but so fuck the government by default. I'm down with the clowns. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed out loud. At that shit. I was like, that's fucking great. Yo, I was like, like, you know what? I agree. I think I even told my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know what? I think I'm fucking down with the clown too because it's. Fu- I-, I couldn't name one fucking song. I could, if you put them on fucking I, magnets. That's all I know. I I don't even know that, that fucking magnets. How do they work? I know they exist, and I know a whole bunch of assholes have that stupid fucking tattoo. That's I all that I know. Too. Um, we should say what's up to Kevin Gill. Yes, Kevin Gill. Yeah, what's Kevin up, Gill. Kevin? Those are your boys. Yes, um, they are his boys. I don't get it, but I love him. I don't get it either, but <laughs> hey, if you love it, I'm not mad at and, you. And yo, his life is great. I love Kevin. I love his approach to life, his attitude. He's yeah. an amazing dude. Um, but uh, so one day I'm walking downtown. And I walk past Irving Plaza. It's like two in the afternoon. I was, I think I was going to CB's, and I'm just walking through, and I see like twenty dudes. Leaning against the wall, and they all had that face paint on. And I wasn't even sure. I, I knew them so little that I wasn't even sure it was like insane clown posse. Right. Like, is it some hot topic band? Like, yeah, I don't exactly. Know what the it could be some offshoot nonsense. Yeah, I don't know. You know me neither. Like, by that point, I'm like, that's not my world. Right. Me so I, I look at these kids. I'm like, what's up with these people? And there's a giant ass tour bus, huge, in front of Irving Plaza. And who's the fat ICP guy? I fucking don't know nothing. Violent J, skinny. Who are the fat one is? I don't know. So I'm, I'm four feet from the Irving Plaza entrance, and he walks up to me, not to all his like clown crew made his makeup. He walks up to me, and he goes, "Yo, man, where's the motherfucking door and shit?" That's exactly what he said. <laughs> and the door was two feet away. Right. And I just looked at him. I'm like, "The motherfucking door and shit is right in front of you, like you idiot." Yeah. You would, whatever. <laughs> and he walked in, and those dudes like ran up, and were like, it was like the Beatles or something. They were like, oh my god, fucking fat, whatever his name is. I don't know. His I don't name. know his name. But uh, yo, they have a wrestling promotion that's great. They do. Yo, I went to Connecticut and saw that shit. It was fucking great. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I really respect them. I have and, a respect for them too, because you know what yo, they, they do? DIY, their own they thing. do their own thing. Yeah. They create their own culture. I have a number of respect for that. Yeah. I don't I, get it, but have at it. I don't like it at all. But mm-hmm. I, I like their hustle, and they're cool, and they create their own thing, and go oh, good for them, man. Yeah, good for them. It's not me. Me either. But, but yeah, I'm not mad at it. They're, uh, have at it. Whatever. <laughs> they're a trip. So, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you off-air, like, stuff, how to combat facial recognition, some of the stuff that's coming. Some of the stuff we can't control. Some of the stuff's way bigger than just surveillance. Right. It's, you know... It's, the changing of the human brain and the human body, and it's really messed up. But uh, Pretty crazy. It's, yeah, it's a lot. The, that rabbit hole's really deep. Yeah. And it's all science. Oh, if anyone wants to laugh at that, yeah. Good then, luck. Then fucking... Good luck. Yeah, man. Go, 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 uh, 
Go on science things. Go listen to TED Talks. Go listen to people who create this stuff and see who they're selling it to. See who the patents are going to. See what military technology is embracing. And you're going to see a very different world than your smug left-right. I think I know everything just because I assume it's a conspiracy. All right. I, I don't have much time for those people. No, some of them are my I best friends. I have no fucking time for Sometimes it. they come hard at me. As to, like, you know, if they laugh, I'll laugh. But it's like, if you, if you come at me in a disrespectful way, like, yo, I'll verbally slaughter you. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Right. How it comes, how quick, like you asked about a year. I don't know when it's coming. Right. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how much resistance is going to be. Right. But it's science. It's right. coming. It's right. science in the wrong hands. And it's right. coming. And that's what I've been obsessed with for like the last year and a half. And... It changed my thing. You know, originally it was kind of like, hey, grow my own food, live off the grid. Not super off the grid, not like some total survivalist right. shit, but have my own space and be yeah. kind of autonomous there. But now I, it's... I'm, we're in a not unlike some Ted Kaczynski shit. No, no. Right. But, uh, you know, I read that book. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I, the first day I worked at the post office, I was wearing a Unabomber button. Were you really? Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking heavy, bro. Some dude flipped out on me. I, I forgot I had it on. He's like, he worked there. He's like, dude, what the fuck? I was like, oh shit, my Unabomber button. <laughs> and he's like, well, I, had, I had that, and I had a button that said, thank the government for AIDS. Nice. First day of work. And the, the boss, who ended up being my friend, he's like, he came over to me, pulled me aside. He, I ended up loving this guy, and he loved me, but he's like, are you a fucking lunatic? It's like, it's a government job. Yeah. You would thank the government for AIDS button and a Unabomber button in the fucking post office. That's great. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, and then the second day I showed by up. me. But I just don't think because that's like who I am. Right. And then the next day I wore an I Hate God shirt and some really, really religious lady screamed at me and she said my jacket offends her and she was wearing a right side of cross necklace. I'm like, your cross offends me. Right. And she got all offended. I'm like, oh, man, what happened to free will? Right. I mean, those are dumb fights. But yeah. it was like, I always stand my ground like that. Right. And I wasn't even looking the shock. It was just right. like, it's Monday morning. I just grab my hoodie and I grab my shirt. And yeah. I think. Right. Because for me, it's okay. You yeah. know? Yeah. And it should be okay. The only thing I ever like self-policed myself after that is I had a disassociate shirt. And on the back, it said, bomb the fucking USA. <laughs> no. And one day I wore it. I went into work. Not thinking, you know? Uh-huh. And one of my friends like, dude, that's... It was like a month after fucking 9-11. Oh, my God. And he's like, dude, that shirt's fucking crazy. Yeah, bro, you picked great like, timing. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what, dude. So I, I wore it inside out. I was like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. Because I'm not trying to, like... I wasn't right. trying to be that dude. Right. But people but, look at it like, yo, this guy's trying to be a dick. You know, this thing, I'm out of my mind. Right. Just, what American, especially post 9-11, has a shirt that says, bomb the fucking USA? Yeah, that's not a good look. You know, it's written from like an anarchist frustration. Of course. Like, or just punk rock, you know, Ralphie. But, you know, I was like, yeah, that's, that's really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I laugh at that shit afterwards, but in the course. moment, I'm like, yeah, I'm not trying to offend people. Right. I'm not, I'm not 16 anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, I was wearing my dwarves, blood, guts, and pussy shirt like six months ago, and right. I was like... You know, naked chicks and naked midgets covered in blood. And uh, I ran to one of my friends with, like, his 10-year-old daughter. Oh, fuck. Like, you know, right over here. Yeah. It's like 90 degrees out. I've got my arms folded, like, like all awkward. Yeah. yeah. Like, because I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you know, this is where my puncture from a band I love. Like, right. I don't want this girl to see this. Right, yeah. So, you know, you kind of... I try to do that with life. I, like, don't... I don't try to hammer people with, like... I'm not trying to offend people or rock the boat or, like, piss people off. I'm not trying to be an antagonist. Right. You know, I, I don't want people to do that to me. 
You know, I mean, I've, I've been vegan forever. People are like, this hamburger is so good. Don't you miss it? And they stick it in my face. I'm like, oh, that's, see, that's it's person. Like, that, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not offendable. Like, I'm right. like made of granite. Right. But I'm like, what are you, 10? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're a fucking child. Like, a kid does that yeah. shit. Yeah. And I'm like, and you're such an idiot. Like, you don't have, you don't, you're not a hunter. You're not going out and doing this shit. You're fucking going to McDonald's. Right. Like, you know, you act like you're, you're tough and you're big because you eat meat. Yeah. You don't even know what that thing's made out of. Right. You don't know anything about the fucking, everything from the pesticides to the hormones. I'm like, you know, it's, it's like, I just, in my head, I just laugh. I'm like, garbage human eating garbage food. Yeah. You do, do your thing, dude. Yeah. I mean, I love these people, but in right. another way, it's like, to grow up, dude. Yeah, and it's like what? It's like I don't wave a carrot in front of you and go, "I'm not going to die of cancer," but you are because you eat a hamburger. Right. Like just shut the fuck up and yeah. eat your food. Uh huh. It's like I'm not. <laughs> people are weird, man. I don't know. People people like to be contrarian and antagonistic. I don't know. That's like some small dick syndrome or something. Absolutely. I don't. I, don't, I have no time for it. It doesn't. It's not. It's not productive. No. Try to live a productive life. That's right. the bottom line. Right. That's why I don't have I any time for. I agree with someone, even if they're totally off the rails. Yeah. In a way that, in theory, would offend me or piss me off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, why are you like that? Mm-hmm. What makes you think like that? I do that with like the furthest. You know, friends. I think that, in my view of them, that I'm like, you know, you're really kind of fucked up and racist, <clears throat> or you're really this or that, and then you get into their stories and. We're all just damaged goods. Right. It's like a dude that came from a project that got fucked up back in the day for being white. Right. It's all right, but you should work that out. Right. Because that's about individuals. Sure. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I got, I probably got fucked with by more dudes with blonde hair than brown hair. Right. What, do I hate all guys with blonde hair? Right. It's like, you know, it's it's such simplistic. You, and you need to learn to separate shit. Yeah. You and I mean, I, I didn't shit. have that ability, and not having that ability made my life a lot fucking worse. Yeah. From my... 15 to like 30 I was at war with the world and half those people were just not used to someone like me right so if you looked at me for too long I, I fucking attacked I flexed I screamed I was like what the fuck so I was scared yeah. and it was you know half those people didn't even mean ill will right I didn't even wait it became a point where I used to be the target and I was like I'm gonna be the aggressor yeah. you look at me for half a second I'm coming first but that's not good either man Huh. It's like it's, you gotta protect yourself, but be mindful, and you gotta give that person the benefit of the doubt until you see something otherwise. You right. can't just be paranoid. I mean, you know, I have street smarts. I'm not stupid. Right. I can feel shit. I can see shit. Absolutely. That the average regular Joe probably can't. Yeah, it has no clue. I've been that target for a long time, but yeah. you know, you can't welcome that energy, and you can't. You know, just try, like like you know, we were saying before, you just try and think before you act, man. Yeah. If you don't. You're just going to play yourself out. Yeah. You know? Crazy. So, uh, you know, that's my life. <laughs> well, well, you said a lot, man, and that's awesome. It's fucking... I think we might have covered everything. Probably. probably. For the, not everything, obviously, but for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you know. Awesome. That's that. I think this uh, was dope. Yeah, I had fun, man. Pick one of the songs of one of your band's and we'll close out the podcast with a song. Maybe a Death Cycle song? Or a uh, Sonic Poison song? If you could find... Oh, something's... What the fuck's the name of that song? I don't know the names of my songs sometimes. Is it on YouTube? I don't know, but the one Death Cycle song, Is It Too Late? Is It Too Late? It's called. I'll okay. send you a link. I have it somewhere. Well, I'll just give you a CD. Okay. I could, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Yeah. Regardless. That... Because lyrically... That's kind of like okay. probably the most. And musically, it's, you know, it's, it's us. This sounds like us. It's you guys. Yeah. 
I mean, you know. What album is it off of? The second one. Okay. Prelude to Tyranny, which I don't like that much. But no? Nah. Okay. I like the first album better. Okay. That's another weird thing. Recording albums is weird. Like, yeah, I, I, never, live. I never like the finished product. I never, I don't like going in the studio and doing stuff. Like, it doesn't, it's just not natural for me. Okay. It's awkward. And then when it comes, when I hear it back, it's like I'm proud of it in one sense, but it never sounds like the way I, you know. It's I mean, because even though, like, so, some of the stuff we do is really simplistic, I mean, you know, to a degree, I'm a musician and I have a musician's ear. Right. You know, 12 years old, listen to Rush every day. I'm not listening to, like, two chord hardcore. Like, right. it came up with real music and I listen to music like a musician. I critique it, everything from production to my performance. Something that hardcore people don't give a shit about. Right. And even I don't a lot, like sometimes in the moment. Like, I do one takes half the time. Right. I'm like, that's cool. Right. That's it. Like, I'm just kind of like that in the moment guy. Yeah. And I like, like you said, live. I like just like, give me the mic. We're going to attack. We're going right. to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to bounce. Right. But that's not a smart way to record. Because like, I've got some recordings. I'm like, oh, fuck. Why did I do another take? I didn't right. say the right words. Like, <laughs> right. so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Takes, Two more minutes, man. Right. I'm going to listen to this for the next 50 years and be mad because I need to take right. two more minutes of my life. Right. Then you're disrespecting your own art. Right. So you try to find the balance. Good you point. Don't, you yeah. don't do Chinese democracy and take 26 years to put a record out. Right. But you don't go the total opposite and just go, oh, it's punk rock. Right. And then you, you throw out dog shit. Right. You know? Cool. All right. So yeah, man. Well, well, you have no social media to plug, but if, if people feel like it, Ron Grimaldi on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, there's a Death Cycle page that we never check. There's a Sonic Poison page we never check. And, uh, you know, open your eyes and stay free. There you go. Because uh, they're coming for it. They're coming. Sooner rather than later. Be good, people. Be good. We're over here now. Yeah.